in this. Mm -mm. Soybean meal, niacin, dextrose, and sodium nitrate flavoring. That's what we call meat back home. Battle Beyond the Stars. Starring Richard Thomas, George Papard, Vaughn, John Saxon, <laughs> a battle beyond time, beyond space, fire. that ends in a desperate gamble. They'll be able to board us. It won't make any difference. Get that hatch open! Battle Beyond the Stars. Battle Beyond the Stars. Welcome to Voyage of the Geek for another week. This 27th of April, 2017. Joining me as always, Dan Miller. Hello, hello. And our... Recurring yet uh, chronic, absent chronic absent uh, guest over the last couple of months, Rick Legato. Uh, great to have you on board. Hey, Hello, gentlemen. Hello. And tonight we're having a look at the classic '80s sci-fi uh, battle beyond the stars, the Corman 
Roger Corman's sci-fi, which yeah. seems to be a pattern for us. We'll have yes. to unload. Well, it's hard to avoid that pattern if you go to IMDb. <laughs> There's like 500 <laughs> things in that pattern yeah. that he's yeah. made. And I think it's pure luck. I don't think we deliberately picked two Roger Corman movies to uh, have a look at together as a... Uh, a trio. No, no, no. It's not luck. It's not luck. No. Pick two B-grade Eddie things and yeah. 1.5 of them will be Roger Corman. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, we both, we all, sorry, watched the movie recently. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, as in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Did we see it before that, though? I had a preview a few weeks before. Mm-hmm. But you, you didn't see it in its original run. No, I don't think I did. No. Yeah. Me neither. No, I, I believe so either. it didn't come out until 2001 on DVD. Yeah, it's 1983 or something. Yeah, so yeah. it may have come out on VHS, um, but it. Have I seen it? I must have seen it. Yeah, no, I must have seen it on like VHS. I mean, for the time, because I'm, I knew it when when I went over to watch it the last time. I I knew it. You know, mate said, "Come over, watch Battle," and I, was, oh yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised that I hadn't seen it actually, because that's the sort of thing I would have at thirteen. Because yeah, you totally. said nineteen eighty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have definitely been there. So yeah, I'm yeah. surprised. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have no recollection of it, so I'm pretty sure I never saw it in its original state or any at any time through the eighties. I would have remembered it. I, th- yeah. I think it would have been the f- the sort of film I got into. And at the time, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it came out the same year as Flash Gordon, Empire Strikes Back. It so looks like Flash Gordon, really, doesn't it? And it so doesn't look like Empire Strikes Back. Strikes Back, yeah. Um, It's similar. You can see the sort of parallels. Anyway, yeah. If Mm. if Flash Gordon, if the musical score was made by some guy on some synthesizers, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, want to be composer as opposed to Queen, yeah, yeah, it may have been a far more comparable movie. Mm. Um, Actually, my first note um, on my uh, bit of papyrus here (laughs) is John Williams. It ain't. Uh, No. No, and I saw some trivia. Um, I might be able to bring it up here. There was some trivia around the the musical score in relation to. I think they they, they used the term discount John Williams. Yeah, yeah, and the guy who did the sound had something to do with the Star Trek motion picture, which would have come out a year or two before that, and he rehashed a lot of the. It did the, actually sound very Star Trekky. He took a lot of the sounds from uplifting. Yeah. yeah, I could I could feel a lot of the beats. You know those sort of big movie, sci-fi opera beats in there. But like you know, you were saying it's sort of a discount John Williams. It was, you know, instead of yeah, it was like oh, it just didn't quite make it there. Yeah, and it missed the it, it lacked that grandiose um, the epicness, the depth. Like when the when you listen to John Williams, his music has. Uh, layers, mm. layers of depth. This was just the surface, you know. It's sort of the difference between a stereo ghetto blaster and a tran- transistor radio. Mm. Um, it just was empty a little bit. But they definitely had all those instruments there. Well, perhaps we should talk about the music later. But, you know, they had all the, the sort of trumpets and they mm. had um, mm. um, orchestra and strings and all sorts of things. So they were, they were there. They were sort of in the ballpark. All the musicians turned up, the same yeah. as John Williams. <laughs> And we were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> they just read the score and they play the thing and then they go home for the night. That's so. it. With, with, 
one group with their head held high and another group <laughs> yeah, with their head yeah, held yeah. <laughs> buried in a, in a large lager. Um, so what were your first thoughts? I want to know what you first thought when, you, when, you, when the credits rolled, right? What was the first thing that you thought when you, when you finished watching the film? Finished watching the film. So you finished watching it. What was the first thought when you, when you were reviewing in your mind in that moment... So it would be it would be your freshest opinion of the film, right? Not after contemplation. I just want to know how you feel. Did you feel for me a little bit um, deja vu? I oh, couldn't yeah, really totally. put my f- finger on it, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I could, but I wasn't aware of just how much. Um, but th- that was my first instant. What was your first instant instant there after the credits rolled? Um, well, I have to say, sort of towards the last. Uh, 15 minutes uh, this idea or question popped up in my mind is there's so many similarities to Star Wars yet it's nowhere near as good mm. what is it about this that doesn't that makes it not Star Wars and mm. makes it and so that was so you went at, straight to ponder yeah you, I went you, straight to ponder you were like you were perplexed with yeah. trying to answer that question yeah, yeah and I can understand that well, my first when I first finished it, and this was a couple of weeks ago, I was drinking whiskey and yelling. So I drove you to drink. No, you don't <laughs> need to say anymore. I was on a couch with my mates, and it was like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we were kind of a bit glad that it was over. I think, but um, no, no. Kind of my first thought is just the cheesy reminiscence. You know, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what I saw. And and it's hard not to think immediately, like, God, that was a different time. Yeah, yeah, for cinema wasn't it that what we accepted yeah and i sort of wonder wonder would i have um i don't know i can't remember my thoughts of it back in the day when Mm. i would have like like i was saying seen it on vhs or something rather Mm. i guess i would have been mildly impressed i would have been like oh yeah that's pretty cool you know but you know there's a long distance between that and star wars as you were sort of identifying so what do we think about the narrative gentlemen let's start out with the story well, I thought I was being exceptionally clever by figuring out this was a retelling yes. of the uh, Magnificent Seven, uh, and I thought I'll bring that pithy point to yeah. the podcast. But then I just realised it's on the poster. And, <laughs> and they, outlaw mercenaries, they're unashamed. In fact, the name of the of the Seven. people that lived on the planet yeah. were the Akira. Oh, okay. What was the meaning of that? Because Kurosawa's Seven Samurai oh, is what. Thought. Uh, Magnificent Seven was based on. They're unashamed. They're, they're actually, if you look at their uh, press information and things like that, there, and they named the planet Akira, and the people that lived on it were Akira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically named after Good pick up. Um, Good pick up. Akira. Oh, it's in the it's in the um, tri- trivia notes. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> there's no way I would have picked that up in the film. Um, the um, and so yes, that was my sense of deja vu. Mm-hmm. Because one of my all-time favourite westerns is is Magnificent Seven. I just watched mm-hmm. the remake of that. Actually. The new one is mm. fantastic. The oh, new version with the new um, uh, Denzel. Yeah, and Ethan Hawke and yeah, it's a it's a who's who like like Magnificent Seven was in the day as well. And I found it funny that the um, Vaughn, um, the actor in All Black here, mm. he was almost the same character. In Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Um, And uh, as the story goes, he was supposed to play the guy that Steve McQueen played in Magnificent Seven, which was the best role. Everyone believed that, uh, except for the Yul Brenner role, the the, the Mm -hmm. cowboy, um, the Steve McQueen character was. Mm. And he was set to play that and then got switched out 
you know and he became the the yellow gunman that he was brilliant but he hadn't he'd lost his nerve yeah, in the right. film yeah that's right yeah and no, that, that must have sucked because he kind of got swapped out for the b-roll there didn't yeah, he yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and I, I thought that was weird that you get someone to act in the homage to the magnificent seven from magnificent seven mm, yeah 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 so um incidentally vaughn and the cowboy played by george papard who later became more better known to a lot of younger people i guess for being hannibal lecter in uh, not hannibal lecter just hannibal just hannibal in the 18 yep um, which was a great role. It's a great character. I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Suck it on a uh, on a, a stogie. Yeah. Those two guys made up the the bulk of the budget for this film. It was a two million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. Most of it went to those two, um, and it was the most expensive Corman film at the time mm. when when they made it. So every film prior to that was less than two. All right, save the technical stuff. Yes, save let's, the technical let's get stuff. Back to narrative. Stuff in there, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the parallels with um, Star Wars were all over the plot place. Um, you've got Richard T- Thomas, mm. who's literally best known for being a farm boy, John Boy, yeah, John Boy <laughs> from being, the Waltons, yeah, being um, the Luke Skywalker <laughs> farm boy, yeah, one of the most famous cheek moles that you'll ever see in cinema. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought the villain's uh, starship was just like the Star Destroyer. Mm. Um, interesting, the one thing they really differed from um, Star Wars is you know the female not the Valkyrie the other, the other one was the more damsel in distress yeah um, although she kind of um, had more to offer late, later on later on yes yeah um, mm. but I thought in comparison to Le- Princess Leia there wasn't a lot of strength in her character yeah yeah whereas Princess Leia sort of kicked ass from the, from the beginning yeah if you mix her with the Valkyrie um, chick You've probably got you more closer to, to, Princess to Leia. Leia. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Saint um, Emix. Yeah. X-Men. Sorry, Saint X-Men. Dan, the uh, the narrative, what were your thoughts, sir? The, um, the story and how it unfolded. Well, the story is The Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. right? So, should we give a quick uh, synopsis? A, a little... Yeah, I can give you a quick synopsis straight away, actually. Yeah. The, syn- the synopsis is is that um, there are some farmers mm-hmm. and there are some bad guys and the bad guys are going to turn up in a while and <laughs> Conveniently, steal... Yeah, in seven rotations. In seven rotations, that's right. <laughs> and steal all the farmers' food. Yeah. This is the basic, basic plan. Yeah. And so the farmers can't fight for themselves and so they have to hire mercenaries... Yep. And they hire mercenaries, and a lot slash all of the mercenaries die to defend the village. The The official IMDb is a young <coughs> farmer sets out to recruit mercenaries to defend his peaceful planet, which is under threat of invasion by an evil tyrant, Sador, mm. and his armada uh, of aggressors. Mm. So, let's just jump over to Seven Samurai which is a poor village under attack by bandits, <laughs> recruits seven unemployed samurais <laughs> to help them defend themselves. And then we jump back to the Magnificent Seven, which is an oppressed Mexican peasant village, <laughs> hires seven gunfighters. <laughs> so there's just there's just no attempt at creativity on the surface at mm. all, is there? Mm. It's just straight up this story in that genre. Um, there are some they, they lose details though this is what yeah. one of the things that I was thinking is that 
The Kurosawa one is, it's a bit of a, you know, it's like a masterpiece. That's why they're copying it, right? Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's, it's friggin' awesome. Yep. I'll give you an, uh, start at the start maybe, and we can kind of go through the story, perhaps yep. in a little bit of mm-hmm. detail. At the start, one of the beats that they, they miss, they have, have different, is that at the start of the Kurosawa one, the two evil um, bandits are on a hilltop. Now, this is my memory. Check my memory or just accept that this is probably 50% true. I've never seen The Seven Samurai. And I can't believe I'm saying that because so much ah. cinema that I love is based on it. Anyway, the two bandits, the two bad guys, are like standing on the hill and they're overlooking the village. And they, one says to the other, you know, this looks like their harvest is almost complete. It's almost ready. And the other one says, yeah, okay, cool. And then the first one says, all right, let's go back and get all our men. We'll turn up here and say, give them three weeks to harvest the stuff. We'll kill a lot of them and steal all their food. Huzzah! And then they gallop off. In the bushes... Where uh-huh. the bandits didn't see is one of the farmers is like yeah. biting on his jaw. He's like terrified. He's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then he runs off down to the to yeah. the village, right? But you see, in this one, what happens is is Sado, the bad guy, just turns up and yeah. just starts yelling in a microphone. It's like, yeah. "Hey, everybody, I'm yeah. going to kill you tomorrow." Listen to me. Yes, I want to steal your stuff and uh, <laughs> seven that's rotations. What I do. Blah blah blah. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> For no real reason. Like, can you remember? Did did he have a specific agenda other than uh, dominance? Here's what I thought of it. Yes, yeah, so it, it's the scriptwriters saying, "Well, this guy's evil, so we better make him do evil things." Yeah. If you remember, there's another story beat just before that, and that is that there's a satellite. Uh-huh. And what Sador does is he arrives, and there's a satellite, and it's just some, you know. Boring scientist dudes checking their data. Oh, yes, the, uh, you know, the weather matrix is working well today. And then Sado says, you know, destroy them and blows them up. But what I was thinking is that's the perfect setup for the actual story. Mm. Is if they just put the satellite off to the side somewhere yeah, exactly. and you just have Sador say, all right, look, we can see we've scanned the planet. Yeah, we've got loads of full. transmission. Yeah, 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 let's go back and get our cargo ships. And, and then meanwhile, these guys are on the satellite listening in yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the story yeah. can take off. And then the seven days makes sense. Yes, yeah. and then the seven I'm, days makes sense. Like, I'm going to go over here <laughs> and I know you're not going to prepare for my re-arrival, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not worried. I'm just going to go over here. Whereas going and getting something, you know, reinforcements or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's... That's true. That's a very good point. It's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So what happens next, right, is that then there's, you know, panic on the planet, right? We're not missing anything, right? No, no, right. no. There's panic on the planet. And then there's a couple of idiots who, you know, are trying to work out a plan, right? And you've got the, um, you know, the the bureaucratic religious idiot who's like, we can't do anything because we're pathetic, you know. Yeah. And then you've got the old crusty dude who can't do anything. Ex-hero. Either, Ex-hero, yeah. yeah who's kind the of got- Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. one blind guy, yeah, yeah. Nice point, yeah, yeah. So anyway, and he's saying, rah, 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 we should actually stand up for ourselves. Mm. Then in the middle of all of that, you know, the, that guy is saying, oh, I know where there's some weapons, you know, or there's some guy who knows about weapons. He's over there on that spaceship. And that's when our hero turns up, named Shad. <coughs> and... There's something to be the way you said that. Well, it's... 
Shed? <laughs> I think it's shed, yeah. And I think that's actually a great example of some, something that's wrong with the script, yeah. is the people, the way they speak, they yeah. could be at the mall. Yeah. They oh, haven't yeah, done yeah. anything to make it exotic. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, like Star Wars, they have parsecs. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. They, yeah. they don't use... Um, you know, certain nouns. They, don't, they have their own language slightly. There's no colloquialisms. There's no um, dialect that's yeah. earth-based. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Whereas mm. these guys... It's just straight English. Yeah. Um, with a few made-up words here and there. Yeah, yeah. Whereas these guys, like, they could be down the mall. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And that's... Is that the difference? Maybe we might, might come back to this later, but is that the difference of... I'm, I'm presu- Well, no, I'm, I know for a fact it was shot in, um, in Venice. Oh. Venice Beach, California. Oh, right. I was going to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, just a little bit of geographical math inside my head there. It's a Euro masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas, you know, the, the heavy British influence on Star Wars, especially the the accents and, mm. the, you know, they, they spoke in that um, very English manner. Um, and even the American accents weren't thick American mm. accents. Mm. Um, that helped the dialogue mm. be spoken in a... In a an off-worldly way without making it stupid because you can mm. go too far yeah, with that. Exactly. It's a fine well, balance when you've got your yeah. pseudoscientific gobbledygook that you've got to speak and you put in it in there. there for no reason other yeah, than you yeah. know, for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Continue, sir. Um, okay, so what happens then is, and this is important story beat, as you know, I like the um, the journey of the hero and, the, and this is a very journey of the hero story, is that um, Shad volunteers to be the hero. Yes. And from my perspective, that's a no-no. All right. We don't want big-noting heroes. You're right. I'm going to be the hero. Let me be the hero. The hero is supposed (coughs) to go, I don't want to do... Yeah, yeah, I'm not worthy. I cannot actually do this because I'm like you, the audience. You can be selected and then go, no, 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 not (laughs) me. Pick someone else. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you're right. right. You're exactly right. And they have to be forced into it. So that's a big cross through the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah. So I've got... What I've got here... Sorry, I'll pop to you in a second. Uh, What I've got here is... Um, I made a note for why everybody joined the fight, right? So I've, my note here is, join, uh, why does Shad join the fight? And his, his answer is, destiny something something, and he knows how to fly a spaceship. <laughs> love it, love it. I'm going to save the world because I've got the driver's license. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, bring the car around. Right, what were you going to say? I was going to say, um, what's Luke Skywalker? He wants... An adventure, but he has no idea what he's. He wants to join the join the alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah the rebellion. He wants yeah, yeah. to join the rebellion and yeah. get off the planet. Yeah, yeah. He wants out. <clears throat> yeah, but he doesn't want to save. Oh, I don't know. The the he actual doesn't journey. Want to be the hero he just wants to. Well, be the part journey of is. Well, yeah. he's never pitched the rebellion by Obi Wan. He's saying mm. we've got to take the plans to a planet. Oh, it's like fucking delivery driver. I'm not a delivery guy. I want to save the world, sort of thing. And then finds himself yeah. in the, in the heroic place. What we're talking about is the refusal of the call. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yes, he does, um, you know, sort of want to, but he doesn't want to fight. Well, I suppose he does want to fight the Empire. That's fair enough. Yeah. But the refusal of the call for Luke Skywalker comes in a different way, and that's that his parents won't let him. Yes. You can't. You've got to yeah. do the harvest. A sense of obligation. You yeah, you stupid that stops you. dreamer. You yeah. stay at home and do your chores. I think he even says that. He says... Uh, you know, it's not like I. It's not like I love the empire. I hate them. Yeah, but and I, he's, I can't do anything about it. And he gets forced into it yeah, when that when the empire they 
kill his family. That's right. And it's like he's got no option now. That's Literally, right. there's no option. Yeah. Right? So he has to do it. So the guy that incinerated <laughs> his uncle and auntie set the whole trilogy in motion. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, that guy. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around. Have you Just slightly off topic, have you seen the interview with Gareth Ed- Edwards who directed Rogue One? Yeah. He yeah. put himself in the film in the cameo. Oh, did he? He runs down the hallway right at the very end when Darth Vader's hacking people apart and he pulls the thing that releases the ship to fly away. Ah. And he, the reason why he did it is that he... He try and he's straight faced in his English um, uh, comedy sort of dry wit way. Looks straight down the camera and says, "So essentially, the entire balance of the universe came down to the actions of this one person." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not only that, it guarantees that I am now in the another in the New Hope. Yeah, yeah. I think he went even further and said, "I saved the." You know, yeah. I saved the universe. Yeah, save the universe. By pulling this thing, I saved the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair. So enough. there's a lot of that yeah. going around at the moment that this one person is the person <laughs> that changed the course of, of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we we move off topic slightly. So after that, mm-hmm. um, what happens? Our hero then um, essentially is going to go on his journey. And he actually then collects the first samurai. Yes. Which is the spaceship. Is the first samurai the spaceship? I didn't even consider that. Yes. The first samurai is Nell the spaceship. Because there's there's any number of them. Like you the the lizard guy had two little yeah, two yeah. little warm guys, they're, so they could have been. No, 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 they're, they're samurais. a subcategory, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, that's they're, what they're I thought. Sub-category. I thought they're sub teams. Yeah. Isn't yeah. there? Like the four uh, yeah. identical three-eyed guys they're one samurai <coughs> yeah yeah but i yeah. didn't consider nell no yeah. not that I. I thought it was the guy who doesn't say anything chucks he throws a oh, spear we got to get to that guy <laughs> can, pull, can you pull up the the there is an image isn't there um yeah he he looks like um arnold schwarzenegger um in a kind of a gimp suit um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a gimp suit, you know? It, I'll, bring, I'll, I'll freeze on He the, looks uh, like Conan the Barbarian the kind of yeah, yeah. in space. And he's way off to the edge there with <laughs> yeah. his spear, and he chucks the spear <clears throat> once. Like, there's, no, there's none of that. There's none of, so he's literally there. So I didn't put him down as a samurai because he got dragged along yeah. by someone, didn't he? By, Did, the, lizard by the lizard guy. man. Yeah, yeah. Cayman is his name. Yeah. Cayman. Yeah. yeah. So gotcha. we'll, we'll get to him in a second. But... Um, Okay, so the other thing that I wanted to highlight, and my stupid computer's now doing a bloody restart, of course, because, you know, karma, planets align. And we said it, and we took the piss and out of know, Rick's piece of paper. That Rick's piece of paper is not doing a Windows update right at the moment. <laughs> We've also noted. I love it. Um, but I did want to also describe the character mm. of each of the characters. Yes. So what's Shad's character before we go off too far? He is literally the farm boy. Yeah, whiny farm boy. <laughs> Mine had the word whiny in it. <laughs> he's whiny farm boy. Yeah. I, I wrote, um, you know, he's a religious nut. Yeah. Um, Within a 20-minute period in the film, he's whining about having to kill someone, <laughs> yeah. and then he's whining about not being allowed to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my thing was even more whiny than Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and it's 
the classic whiny is is I wanted to go into Atashi Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, interesting. Um, they haven't used Richard Thomas's likeness on the poster. I noticed that as well. He looks like a totally different guy. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like somebody's attempted to. What's going on with her face as well? She looks horrified. Oh, I got a few, and and even Vaughn is a bit ordinary as well. The only yeah. guy that looks oh, the same yeah, as the good. bad guy. Yeah, yeah, just just another little quick side note. We've <clears> all seen the new poster for the new Star Wars movie with the uh, the she's holding the lightsaber, no, really quite small. And bugger it, you know we we have the power of computers. I've got to show you this. What's the rule about the big person in a movie poster in a sci-fi movie poster? The, vil- the big villain has is to be the villain, the and he's looking. Right. Check this out. So Star Wars Eight. I think I'm trying eight. to ration myself on on checking out even trailers and posters. Oh, on you want to go in? I want to go, go in, in blind. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have too many spoilers of any description, but it's a bit hard not to. So Roman numerals V I I I. No. No idea. Have a guess. I I. B, oh, what's it? What's it called? Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay, so somewhere in here, it's going to be a movie poster. This one. What do you notice about that? That's Luke Skywalker. That's the big face. Mm. Who's the little face? Slightly smaller is Kylo. What? Kylo Ren, who's who's. If you watch the trailer, the helmet <coughs> is smashed to pieces on the floor somewhere. So he's mm-hmm. duck, he's dumped the helmet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And she's the smallest. Now, from everything that I've ever seen of movie posters in the sci-fi world, especially in the Star Wars universe, the biggest person is always the bad guy because it looms over everything. The nemesis looms over the whole story, doesn't it? Like yeah. if, you, if you look at Rogue One, yeah, true. Um, Rogue One movie poster, it should be the same. Well, the Death Star looms over everything, but look, that's once that cleans up, that's um, Vader. So True. the biggest Vader. face is always the bad guy. Why are we seeing... Anyway, that I had to say it while we were talking about the, the poster there. Well, it's a good thing about... Um, oh, we can talk about posters more, about how they arrange people and mm. um, the sort of aesthetics of arranging... Because this looks like <coughs> about 300 sci-fi movies from the 80s, doesn't it? The way mm-hmm. this is arranged on... It's sort of... Yeah. Okay, we can critique the, <laughs> the poster for... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's all right. It's all right. I don't have a problem with it because <coughs> it fits the format. Mm. Of, and they're still using that format. Yeah. You know, it's not that far from... That's not far from the Rogue One one I just showed you true alright back to Nell Nell was Nell the first is samurai the, is the first samurai and is the spaceship cool alright second samurai and it also is the spaceship that has boobs in the in I the, actually uh, put notes down they look like a pair of bollocks I said that too <laughs> I said that too the the, the um, <laughs> ball sack one <laughs> we balled ball sack one and head out into the stars <laughs> Which which brings up a little bit of a problem trying to do Seven Samurai in outer space. Seven Samurai, when you set out to find mercenaries, you have a road. That road's going to take you past the servo and whatever. You're going to find mm-hmm. people, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do in space? Yeah, we're around <laughs> aimlessly. Yeah. So, because I can't remember they had a, 
Did they even have a first destination? Yes, they did. Yeah. That okay. was the satellite where uh, he found um, the that lady whose name I can't remember. And the guy in the in the Mayan land. Yeah. Because yeah, he, yeah, the old boy. Right, yeah. Because he had worked with the old Obi Wan Kenobi that's character right, right. and had weapons and stuff. So that's the actual place where they actually know where they're they're going. So that's the so, first destination. Yeah. So they fire up the Nell spaceship. Ballsack okay. one. Ballsack one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we got to work out the character, if, the character let's, of. Let's there have it a look there, at it, all right? <laughs> and it's not even as it, like that's a that's the original model, I guess. But in the film, the balls or or the breasts or whatever, however you want to look at them, are far more prominent. And there's even sort of blast damage and stuff on the front, <laughs> right where the nipples. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you often see it front on, so it's this symmetrical. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like in silhouette they're fallopium tubes yeah, and yeah. like who built this and I'm not going to tell you we'll save it for later but we know who built it we'll save it for we'll later we'll save it for later we'll save it for later alright so um, Nell her character she's a sassy broad yeah right um, she you know she's the computer that the that, computer yeah. right? computer slash ship yeah yeah ship so she's a sassy broad, you know, and she's got wise, she's real wise cracking and, you know, a bit of a smart ass and, you know, all right, so that's her. Actually, I've got a question. That idea of a sentient vehicle, is that a new idea at this stage, reasonably new? Um, or like, were they doing something? They certainly weren't doing it in any Star Wars films. Um, the the Well, they had robots, but not I a, guess not Star a Trek, vehicle. The, the, the Star Trek computer used to talk to them. Even as early as the 60s, the Star Trek computer. I mean, you had Knight Rider a bit later after this, but I was just thinking, I can't mm. remember that many vehicles Not or sentient, but very intelligent in Star Trek. Some of them speak, but you're right. I don't think I remember. Yeah, you might be right, because at one point she takes over the guns. Yeah, and she's got a, a bit of personality, so yeah. maybe to shave to them to do something yeah. not that well known. Yeah. To, to make a, a character out of a, a vehicle. Yep, yeah. no, that's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're probably not the first, but it certainly hadn't been yeah. d- d- done much, yep. to my knowledge. So after that, they um, they head off to this space station or something or other, um, and this is where we're going to pick up our... Uh, I I don't know if it's our second samurai. Or the yeah, damsel. I was, I was wondering is about the, that, the damsel. Yeah. Is she the love interest or the, yeah. or the second samurai? Because does she, does she not participate... Both. She in does. the battle, she does participate. She does participate in the battle, <clears throat> but yeah, um, I don't think. Um, does she I help was... them out with their computers and stuff? Yeah, she does. Is that her? Yeah, yeah, she's a computer, yeah, specialist or something. Or she other. could be a samurai. I'm going to call her a samurai. Yeah, let's count her in for now yeah. and see if she's not useless. Seven or eight. She's not making sandwiches like the crab people. She's next to useless. <laughs> uh, she's next to. Well, none of that. She, didn't she set up the defence? The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the warning to tell us. She figured she out the strategy. Her she was computer. twiddling the rods, you know, the coloured rods. No, that was another guy. Ah, but that's that was, the chick that that latched onto the cowboy. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. that's based on her plans, though, because she mm. figures out there all the possible strategies. Yeah, that's right. Um, so they go and meet her dad, who's some sort of robot machine. Yeah. You know, he's a cybernetic. He's a head hanging out of a yeah, box. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah head in a head on a box for some reason. <laughs> Welcome aboard. You're staying here. Give us your sperm. That's pretty yeah. much his whole. Yeah, yeah. And he was keen for some sperm. It would seem because he wanted to get his daughter knocked up. And, and the way he introduces it is, 
Um, so you've met my daughter then. <laughs> yeah. You won't be leaving. And I didn't understand why Richard Thomas didn't come up with a middle ground solution. Like, you can have some sperm, but I have to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can I negotiate about this. And how quickly did was she convinced to, to get in the ship? Yeah. They tried to make it seem like, oh, no. I've, it was almost like she was the uh, the... The reluctant hero, you know, yeah. oh no, I can't, I've got obligations here. And then, like, he doesn't even leave the car park, and she's, she's, right, right. I'm right with you, baby. Yeah. Right. The only th- <laughs> time that it's- two minute conversation, I'm with you. You tell me where I've got to go. It's the only time it's been done worse, is probably in that last um, Star Wars prequel, yeah, where um, Anakin seems to decide pretty quickly <laughs> that he's going to go to the dark side. <laughs> This is like a seduction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A seduction. Yeah. And they have to be handled correctly. And that's why I chose I chose to sort of record why and and how each of yeah, the yeah. samurais, you know, joined the crew. Yeah. Because, you know, we've got to complete a seduction in the story. Yeah. We've got to seduce them to do it. Um, so, um, my memory of um, the chick is that, yeah, she doesn't want to go. Is Am I right? Does she not want to well, go? Well, at first she doesn't want to go. Well, I don't he's think saying you've got to leave. To her, to come leave. with me now. Come with me now, because he's trying to escape, right? And he wants to take her with her because she feels trapped. Yeah, or does she feel trapped, or he just assumes that she's trapped? Yeah, he. I don't think. I think it becomes clear she's never even thought about it. Like her whole yeah. life is very insular. Yeah, and this is the first time. So she doesn't even know that she's trapped until he says, "You're trapped. Come with me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she. She escapes, gets in a ship, goes out, blasts off sort of thing, gets on the radio, says, I'm with you, baby. And then he says, good, okay, go over there and get some, like, doesn't even, there's, no, yes. there's not even a moment. Okay, so my, my okay, I've got some errands for you. My oh. computer's come back and I've got here, refuses the call, then joins for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Mm. And then gets told to go over yeah. and, and pick up some milk on the way home, sort of thing. <laughs> um, I've got a note here um, that one of the things I liked about her was that quite um, unexpected in this film, um, how she's tuning up the android and he's actually singing opera. Oh, was While she's tuning him up, he's actually... Really? Yeah. I missed it. I missed and that. I, and I the thought... guy, the android in half? Yeah, yeah in yeah. half. He's actually singing. Oh, right, okay. He's oh, right. singing while Yes, yes, I think I do remember. Yeah. I think I remember thinking that she was like using him like your iPod yeah. or something or other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I just thought that was, you know, that's yeah. saying I would expect done now, not back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, that was pretty yeah. invasive. I agree. Yep. All right, her character, I've got written down here, brave little ankle-twisting complainer and floppy wet noodle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. So, so so far we've got uh, whiny, whiny farm boy. Yes. And we've got what you. We've got said. Nell, the the, oh, the, the Nell. sassy broad, sassy sassy broad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yes, I put it down as one of the samurai. She's one of the samurai. Yeah. Um, now the other thing that I also noted, and this will be important later, that the pair of them are virgins. Ah, yes. This is also important to their character. Yeah. They're both possibly eternal virgins as well. Forever. Uh, yes, forever. Yep. Um, it's part of being a... Despite the best efforts useless of, floppy of the Valkyrie who wants to educate everyone on it. Yes. So we'll the innuendo we, just comes in hard and fast. We will, have to, we will have to go down and, and discuss the details of that when the we Valkyrie. get to it. All right. So um, they leave the space station. Mm-hmm. 
And then I'm not sure quite what happens after that. They tend to be well, in they space. Split up. They split up almost oh, immediately. Well, Shad is off on his journey to do whatever he needs to do. She goes to he goes to find another someone else. Um, yeah, I, he doesn't I don't really know what have he was a doing. Dire- direction. I don't know what he was supposed to be doing. I think he might have. Well, anyway, he was wandering around in space, and it's like mm. we're picking up a weird thing on the scanner, Captain. Mm. And it's like, oh, let's go and investigate the weird thing. Yeah, and I think it's just happenstance that he finds Vaughn. Yeah. No, 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 the next one he finds is um, Space Cowboy. Actually, he's on the way to where the pl- Does he? Vaughn's planet, because that's supposed to be like the Moz Esley, and he's going to pick up some mercenaries there. And on the way, that's when he bumps into Cowboy and yeah. rescues him. That's right. Yeah. And, and then and that's the situation where he finally does shoot someone and then he whines about having to shoot someone. That's right, because Space Cowboy's under attack, yeah. right? And, yeah. and he has to... Right. So this is a, a big, important thing, right? Cool. So Space Cowboy... Now, Space Cowboy. Space Cowboy is named ah, Space Cowboy. There's the opera. That's ah, the yes. opera one. Yeah, yeah. Well that's right. So Space Cowboy is named Space Cowboy. Yep. Um, which is almost as good quality naming as Old Man in Logan's, in Logan, Logan's Run. Logan's Run, yeah. Yes. Um, so anyway, he's... He's yeah, there. He is. This is what this is what he's doing. He's just <laughs> sitting in his spaceship, like, and he's just not doing anything, and he's getting shot. Excuse me. He is sucking scotch uh, uh-huh. and smoking cigarettes <laughs> yeah. in what can only be uh, estimated as a highly uh, rich oxygen environment. It's not <laughs> yeah. safe at all. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. He does nothing. He's pretty much. He's not even flying the ship. For most of it, no. I they're just he, there's shooting a the shit out of him. Moment where he grabs the actual handles, but for the most of it, he's just sort of sitting there with his feet up for most of the film. That, yeah, he does do that a lot. So anyway, he's just sitting there, and um, and then Shad, our superhero, with Nell, and he had, Nell <laughs> whiny, has to whiny farm boy. Yeah, whiny farm boy has to. You know, he's like, you know, Nell's like, well, we'll shoot him, and he's like, <laughs> ball sack one. <laughs> And he's like, shoot him. And he's like, in the back. Yeah, not in the back. <laughs> so she takes over. That's right. And blasts the, the cowboys, yeah, the, yeah. the pirates. So, yeah. He takes a couple out, though, doesn't he? No, no, no. Uh, I'm pretty I, sure he takes at yeah, least one I, out. Yeah, I thought he did too. Yeah, she makes right, him. Might she be forces right. him, makes him. All right. Um, so they save the cowboy. Either way, Space Cowboys are now rescued. Yeah, they save the cowboy. Okay. But not through any. And then the cowboy not has no sense of obligation for being saved it's still all about the space cowboy to him at this point what do you mean well it's not like he's thanks for saving my life what do you need i'll help you out it's, true he doesn't say anything not like, like that, that. <laughs> it's really weird isn't it he it's doesn't like, say anything well, like that. oh by the way i got some guns you want some <laughs> <Yeah>. guns <laughs> i don't want to go chuck them away yeah, fuck, what am i gonna do with them <laughs> full well, we need guns <laughs> so so shad you know ever trying to promote his cause his his course says, you know, and this is where we get another seduction, right? Yeah. And this is one of the worst seductions in the thing, because it's like Shad says, you know, I need some space mercenaries. Can you come and be a space mercenary? And then um, Space Cowboy says, oh, no, it's pretty dangerous and I'm not really interested and I got a place to go and yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> and then Shad says, oh, come on. And he says, then the Cowboy says, hmm. Well, okay then. <laughs> no, he, he, he actually does say, uh, I suppose you saved me or something like that. Oh, does he really? There's there's something mentioned about that. And he's kind of like, I suppose I owe you one. Well, that would be... But see, but see here, and you're exactly right, but that is a point against because if... the cowboy brings it up. If the cowboy brings it up, <laughs> it should be Shad who says... 
can I just save your life, you you'd asshole? Be dead. You'd be dead without yeah. me. Yeah, and then he'd say, oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, so what was his motivation? What have you got there for the so cowboy's I've got, motivation? Uh, cowboy refuses the call, but has nothing else to do. So what the fuck? Remembers belatedly that he owes Chad something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, convinces himself that he owes Chad something, so he'd better come along. Yeah. And that really sounds like the script writer doing most of the convincing there, yeah. not Chad. Yeah, yeah. Right? Cool. Um, character? Meanwhile, in another place. Oh, no, no, yes. Go. Uh, character, I've written um, chirpy, salt of the earth. Harmless old alcoholic redneck and gun runner. Yeah, I would have had Pisshead in there as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And did you notice the, the rebel flag on his spaceship? Oh, no, no, I, I didn't, didn't notice, notice the rebel yeah, flag. He has a rebel flag on his spaceship. And, but I did notice that they, Look, they gave him a, a scotch holster that yeah. actually had ice and soda. Yes. yes. Yeah, I thought that. And soda. That was one of the most phallic things. Especially <laughs> yeah. when he's, yeah. and he's like talking. He's like, and he's showing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like urinating into it. Thing, but it's yeah, like, and you can hear it. Yeah. yeah, I think it would have been more hygienic just to flop it out. <laughs> well, you see how I stir it, love. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the, you got the character. You've nailed the character. So, meanwhile, somewhere else in the in the vastness of space, mm-hmm. she runs into aha lizard dude. Yes, but we never see that. Yes, we do. Do we? Oh, yeah, no, she's no, hanging no, up. No, she, no, no. But how did that happen? No, no, she got... No, that's right. She sees some, like, space energy. And she's... Yeah, that's right. And she's like, ooh, what's this? And then next next shot, she's all... Yeah. Cool. So she's been strung up by a lizard dude, and he's got a couple of offsiders. Yeah, Yeah, including the Hercules reject. Yes. Yes. Yep. So it's Cayman... And the two little twin heaters. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, little fire starters. All right, so it's Cayman is his name. Yep. All right. Um, and he's, yeah, he's captured her and he's going to feed her to some monstrous beast mm-hmm. because that will turn her into protein and then he can sell the protein. That's or something right. Yeah. Gets like good that. price. I, I thought he was going to sell her as a slave. Well, he was tossing it up. He was tossing up whether he sells her as, as a whole or cooks her up and sells the protein uh, uh, or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So something like that's going on. Like, the whole while being spoken, like he's speaking out loud about these decisions <laughs> yeah. while she's hanging in front Yeah, of yeah. Him. Did I say that? I just think that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. And um, But he's got a crew. His mm-hmm. spaceship's got a crew. So I've got Cayman as the next samurai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his whole crew is part of him. Yeah, and his yeah. whole crew was part of him. Cayman played by Morgan Woodward. For the old school people out there that saw the original Dallas. Remember Dallas, the TV series? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. J.R. Ewing's nemesis was <sighs> was this guy. Okay, i got no hope of remembering J.R. I'll, I'll, I'll show you the... Um, his nemesis. Was he you. a lizard then as well? <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> this guy. Who's uh, been in lots. You would have seen him here. He's been in Star Trek and there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Morgan Woodward, eh? Yeah, yeah, he's been in heaps. You definitely would have seen him. He's got the like real pitted sort of cheek. You can see him there in this mm. one, this one here. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, a stable of um, of uh, Cool Hand Luke, bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that he's the guy under the mask, anyway. Yeah, as I was doing research, I think his face kept coming up, and mm-hmm. I couldn't connect it to. Obviously, now Cayman looks like. Who does he look like? Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like the lizard bounty hunter from you first meet in Empire Strikes Back. 
whose name yeah. oh, yeah. escaping. Yeah, yeah, no, he does look a bit like that, but he also looks like is it the alienation or something where there's a there's a there's a movie where a guy crash lands on a planet and he's the the the, the enemy becomes his friend to survive. Oh, that's the um, Oh, okay, I remember that. Yeah. En- enemy mine. Yeah, enemy Very mine. Very good. Well done. He looks like enemy mine to me. He actually looks like the baddies in there was a morning show, a children's show where there was a family stuck on some strange planet or universe and the lizard men were the enemy. I can't remember what's yeah, I, I vaguely recall what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 20 shows. What are you What are you referring to today? You you've got a You should in mind. remember this one. There's a dude in the last starfighter. Ah, yeah, yeah. He's navigator. <laughs> yeah. Kr- krill or something like that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, he looks a bit like that guy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the character. Like a, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so he's got a crew. Now, we have to talk about his crew. And this is important, That's right. right? So this is two heater twins. Okay, so what are, the, what are their names? No, I can't remember. Kelvin. Kelvin. No. Oh. No, no, no. And if you Hang on, no, I- no, what, I've got a character here in the film called Kelvin. Ah, uh, yes, you see? It's Kelvin and Kelvin. No, you <laughs> see? You see, this is wrong. Oh. And we have to write in to IMDb. IMDb and tell them that they are wrong. Uh, That's their species. I love That's that. That's their species. Uh, their species right, is right. Kelvin. God damn it. Do, so, they, so they have names? <laughs> yes, they have names. What are their names? They have names, damn it. They're people. <laughs> There's somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and their names are Ermin and Thumimin. Which is some scientific reference or something, is it? No, but close, <laughs> in the sense that you guessed that it was something. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So not close at all? <laughs> not close at all, completely 180 <laughs> degrees off being right. Yeah, cool. Ermin um, and Thumin. now I'm the only nerd in this room who's stupid enough to actually know this. Mm. But these these two words come out of the Bible. Oh, really? Out of Exodus. Deep. Mm. Now, the Uman and Thuman are two objects. And nobody quite knows what they are, but they're like two stones, maybe a black and white stone, or they might be two sticks. But they're part of the equipment that every good priest should carry. Right. Now, when you're going off to war, right, The general will come up to the priest and he'll say, All right, I'm thinking we should go around the left and try and stab him in the back. What does God say? And then the, the, the priest says, All right, I'll just whip out my umen and thumen. And he, like, chucks him on the ground. And then he says, All right, uh, well, one of the sticks is kind of pointing to the left and the other one's pointing at that donkey over there. So... And then the general will say, so... And then the, th- the priest will say, so do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know. But that's what they are. They're, they're, they're actually things. And John Smith... The John Smith. The John Smith, the inventor of Mormonism. Well, the the the, the guy that received the prof- profound message. What do you mean? Guy, sorry. What do you mean inventor? <laughs> sorry. Like he's a scientist. <laughs> Sorry, no need to discuss. The guy that dispersions. got on the piss and came up with some idea so he could have a bunch of women. Yes, no need to discuss, to, to cast dispersions on his character. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. But sorry. when he found the golden plates, yes. he'd also previously, as I understand it, found two magic items. And these were the Uman and the Thuman. 
I keep, and every time you say that, I keep wondering, Uma, why is that so close to Uma Thurman's name? Uh, I don't know. She's Maybe there's a connection. Because that couldn't be her real name. There might be a connection. She, she no, she's actually named after a fertility goddess of some sort. Oh, really? I've read somewhere. Well, maybe this is all connected. Which could be named after, it could be all in, interlinked. Wow, so, wow. John Smith uses the Uman and the Thurman, his magic glasses and his magic microscope to cool. look inside his hat and read the cool. actual things. Now, all now, of this exists outside the movie, though, like because we never hear their names in the no, film. No, no, yeah, we, we do. Do we? Yes, came in and he came and introduces them as Uman and Thurman, the, the Kelvins. Ah, that's right. Yes. You're right, you're right. So, here's the next question. All of that history and all of that in-depth, detailed, um, you know, back lore, how is that used in the movie? And it's, it's not. No, no it's, <laughs> it's just not. Um, too cool. No. cool. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing is the Kelvin thing, because they yeah. use heat. Yeah. They communicate via heat. Yes, but that's, that's Kelvin. That's yeah, nothing yeah. to do with the Uman and the Thuman. Thuman, yeah. That's the only... And and that's got nothing. Their it? names could literally be Gary and Barry. That's better. A, a Chardonnay comment over lunch <laughs> by a writer or something. It's, let's call them that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. this cool thing. You know, it's a freaky. It's oh, yeah, we'll put, let's put that. In, that's weird. Let's put that in a movie. Now you have me thinking. Is there some way that it's actually <laughs> meaningful, <laughs> related no, to? No, sometimes the cigars are what, <laughs> yeah. a banana, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a penis is actually a mother's penis. Yeah. All right. Um, and then we have the other very important character, Quopeg. Quopeg. Now, Quopeg is basically some sort of barbarian dude who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Conan the Barbarian. He just um, looks like not known for a lot. Not right? known. Yeah. Well, as, as in an IMDb profile, uh, no picture. Uh, Steve Davis is an actor known for Battle Beyond the Stars 1980, The yes. Curse 1987, The Sword of the Sorcerer 1982. Um, really not much going on. I just thought he was an uh, extra that walked into the wrong studio. I think so. And there was a Hercules film being yeah. filmed next door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's all right. We'll <laughs> chuck him in there. And you We've get locked the, the sense doors already. Just stand there and just. Sometimes you get the sense that. Certain people are shoved into films because it's a favour for an uncle or it's a love interest for a producer or something like that because they serve no narrative purpose whatsoever. No. He chucks his spear once. I don't even knew, can't remember if he hit something. No, he killed two dudes. Yeah. With one, one spear. spear. He, does he kebabs two. them. He kebabs two dudes with one spear. Although exactly. maybe he's Cayman's muscle. He is probably Cayman's muscle because That's right. when he, you know, Cayman says, you know, we're not going to feed this woman to the monster beast, and then he says to Quopeg, go and release the monster beast. We don't need him anymore. That's Something right. Like that. That's right. So um, my main thoughts on Quopeg is that you know he, do, he we don't see him for most of the movie. Is he a samurai? Is he a samurai no, he's on your list? Samurai, no, he's no, part no. of Cayman's. So he's Cayman's crew, and neither are the. Um, no, they're not samurai. Neither are the twins. No. no. Okay. No. Cool. Gary but Barry. I do want to see the Kuo Pig spin-off movie. Okay. That's what yeah. I want to see. Yeah, I want right. to know it's you know I want to know what is he doing? The prequel. We know we need to see yeah. the prequel. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the the leading up to that How moment. Rogue One esque is yeah. I want to know what Absolutely. is he doing when he's you know why did he choose the spear? Yeah, why when does everyone he else wear has got the, laser guns? The gimp suit. <laughs> you know? the last in a universe time. of laser guns. <laughs> yeah. You chose a stick, a sharp stick. <laughs> yeah. Why did he choose a spear with this laser guns? <laughs> There's yeah. a story there. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. You're right. All right. What happens next? Uh, we are now getting on to Vaughn, yeah? 
Um, yes, because that's when Whiny Boy yep. goes to the planet looking for the Moz Esley-esque yep. place to find the mercenaries yep. and ends up stumbling that's now. Does he meet town. Vaughn straight through? It's through a communication. Like uh, He doesn't actually meet him in person, does he? It's all through... No, he gets... This is guilt we're talking at. about. We're talking about guilt. Is that what guilt. we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, what happens is his ship, the sassy ship, knows information. And as they're flying through space, the Sashi ship says, oh, that's planet blah, blah. And there's apparently loads of, you know, it's mm. it's a wretched, you know, hive, hive of villainy and scum. Why don't we pop down there and yeah. see if anybody's hanging out? Yeah. And so they go down. And so... Um, so does he oh, meet him on. in person, though? He oh, does. sorry, we, we've gone too far because we didn't... Um, explain why Cayman joins the crew or what his character is. So we have to ooh, 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 ooh. have to rewind. And also, didn't didn't the Valkyrie come and annoy him a little bit, then go away, and then he finds Vaughn, and then she comes back? Hang oh, on, we're, you're, you're right, actually. Hang on, we're back to Cayman. Yeah, we are. No, the no, no, the the whiny boy, whiny farm boy. No, no, we got to go back to Cayman and and explain his character and why he joins the crew, and then the Valkyrie. Oh, because and he has such so hate for the bad guy. You're right. That's right. That's right. Of course. Because mentioned the name. That's right. A la Superman, Batman. The name can really change the course of a narrative. Mm-hmm. One one name, and so. That's exactly what happened when when the bad guy's name got mentioned. Okay, so there you go. So you know, he says, "Hey, we want to fight somebody. You want to help?" And he's like, nah, "I'm gonna, gonna get this I'd rather just blend you yeah, up and sell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna sell you guys for protein. And then he says, "Oh well, looks like Sador. Sador!" <laughs> <laughs> and the seduction is complete. Yeah, absolutely. So I give that one high seduction points. I yeah, thought yeah, that would work. Absolutely. And we find out later in the just towards the end of the film why that. That name brings that reaction. Yeah, That's right. He killed history. Off, he killed off all of his race. He's, He's like the, last the last form of last his time. of his form. That's the one time they they made a um, change to the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a shit one. <laughs> <laughs> so his yeah. character is um, he's the barbarian. Yep. Right. He's the the foreigner with the the weird like customs. You know, he always. Pars and says odd things, and and he's also a freak show owner, yeah. right? He owns a bunch of freaks, you know, some some weirdos, mm-hmm. you know. So he's like the yeah. Um. So what's all right? What's his character? What you got? Is I that- just put his character is he's the barbarian. Yes, in the sense he's uncultured and he's got weird customs and he's a, he's a foreigner, you know, and that's why he keeps talking about <laughs> mushing people up yeah, into yeah. protein right in front of their face and all of this or cool. whatever it is. Okay, so all right, so our next one I think is um, guilt. I've, no, I think it's Valkyrie. That's when we first meet her. I she think. annoys the farm boy first, then he f- then he goes and sees guilt. Gold, oh yeah, yeah, guilt. yeah, yeah. So it's actually it's Saint Xmin. Is her name? She okay. says that at the end. Okay. All right. Yeah. Of the Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Of Valkyrie. That's right. All right. So Saint Xmen is her name. Now, first thing is that I think that's awesome. I I don't know. It's it's the weirdest name I've ever heard in my life. Mm. Saint Xmen kind of sounds like X Men mm. for some reason. And why is she a saint? That's what I want to know. Mm. Why is yep. she Saint Xmen? Doctor Xmen. Will she Professor be- X-Men? No, she's Saint X-Men. And is it S-A- is it S-T? Uh, I don't know. I just spelt it S-A-I-N-T. Let's have a look. Is it, it might just be a name or it might actually be Saint, as in Saint. What's her name again? Saint. Yeah, no, it's S-T. Now, that could be as in Saint Germain. 
mm-hmm. which is not right, necessarily so, a saint. So it doesn't mean she has to be a saint. It's just that happened to be a name. Because it's specifically ST. Uh, so she's part X-Men. of, uh, uh, I guess her being the way she is, is part of a religious order. Of Could be, yeah, yeah. Her people, yeah. I guess. So that, this is the question. Is she actually Saint Xmin? Or does her name refer to somebody else who's Saint X Men, and she's just got the same name as that person? Oh. Well, she's listed on IMDb as, as Saint X Men. See, so this Saint X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the she's the, this is the argument. That incidentally, she got solve. most of the press. Oh, right. she's on the go it's check the, the heroes. Go and go and try and do a search for images. Like I try to f- come up with images to go in the background here. Go and do a search for this film on images, and eighty percent of them are her in some bikini somewhere <laughs> yeah. at some signing show or something. She yeah. was a supermodel or a bikini model. Or Actually, something. that's what I was yeah. going to ask. Who who was she? She was in a lot of sci-fi stuff. She was popping up in bloody Buck Rogers and, and, and all the, over the place. And the bikini booby thing that she does in this is what she does. It's, that's her thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, She's a. Uh, like a warrior, she's always mm. some warrior princess or some assassin, warrior assassiness. So, um, yeah, when we first meet her, um, she now I've got the joins, she actually wants to join and fight. She's heard, she's heard on the grapevine that he's looking for people and she's the she's got and the right she's stuff. Like, yeah, I'm like, let's run it by alley, which you in know, the timeline though. Thing. He's only been out there for two hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and he's no, a pansy on top of that. There's no progression of time at all. The whole thing happens in real time. Yeah, yeah so it probably does actually happen in real time, doesn't it? It's a 45-minute war. she's heard it on the, on the grapevine and decides to blast him with a few uh, dummy rounds. Yeah, and then for some reason, Shad... Just chucks a shit for some reason. He wants to blow her up. Yeah, yeah. He's like, mm, fuck off. He's like, Why? Roll reversal with, <laughs> yeah. with Ballsack One, who who says, no, no, hang, hang, man. Just hang. Just chill. Yeah, Just yeah. chill. Yeah, yeah. Because he's been <laughs> sassed by some chick. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's, he's actually very passionately anti mm. the Valkyrie. Mm. Isn't he like the chick? He's very anti-instant. Exactly. exactly. No, you're not made of the right stuff, and I don't want you on board. That's Get- right. Yeah, I think she's to... she's made him feel less of a man. That's what I think. And well. the young boy. No, 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 no. I don't agree. Not because because that pansy can't be less of a man. <laughs> it's my argument. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Ouch. But no, I, I you know, I, it's something like that. I, don't know I mean, that's why I was. That's. Hell. I mean, I was trying to because because yeah. I found his reaction a little bit over the top, and I just yeah. kind of thought. Absolutely. Am I missing something? It was here? out of yeah. character. Yeah. Did she run over his dog? Or it's That's not. What it said. Mo- That's what it felt like. Well, it might not. It might be in or out of character, but it's not motivated. That's right. No. It's not like it's there's out no of, reason. out of proportion hmm. for, for what he's doing. Yeah. All right. So we don't really because she's not really on the team. But then, kind of, how did she actually join the team? It's like it's like your younger sister in the treehouse, and you she have just like to go back to the Magnificent Seven. Okay. There's a character in the Magnificent oh, Seven, Seven, the young guy. Yeah, true. And at first he says, no, get on your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I don't care what skills you've And that's got. in Seven Samurai as well. Get on your way. Yeah. And then he just follows. He just hangs crew, around. He just hangs around back there. Yes, and then, well done. And then later on they say, all right. Yeah. Because he, he's sitting cooking fish um, right in, like they, he, they're about to cross a river and he's off to the side there cook, cooking fish and mm. he holds it up as if I've got plenty and he goes, all right, come on. Yeah, yeah. And they let him in. And that's in um, Akira's And that's one. pretty much what happens here, too. She um, sort of follows and they say, all right, come on then. And it's, what's his name, Mifume, who's the, in, in Akira's one, who's the, the actor that always hangs around with um, Akira think, Kurosawa. I think that's the, uh, oh, Indian, the First Nation 
um, Comanchero in the new one. Not Comanchero, Comanche. Mm-hmm. In the oh, new... Magnificent Seven. I'm trying to think who Oh, yes, yes. Ah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. yeah. You're right. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Is yeah. Comanche? I can't remember now. Ah, that's cool. Um, so she kind of doesn't join. She just kind of hangs around and then later she turns up and everybody starts talking to her and it's like, all right, you're in the team. Um, so what's her character? Um, I've got her as glorious warrior maniac mm-hmm. and insane sex maniac. Yes. But not shoving sexism down your throat. She's not saying women are best, women are better. It's not... It's not anything to do with that at all mm. it's it's about I will have a glorious death you know and I will be that's I'm a warrior, warrior. thing yes. yeah that's right but yes. it's never about being female I'm, I didn't get no, that no, not, no. not in a warrior thing no no I didn't get any sense <clears throat> yeah, of that at all being yeah yeah but we have to but we, she does have the sex talk that she gives to yeah. Yeah. her little virgin friend well, later she's basically on she brings the innuendo she's all yes. about fighting and fighting Fucking yeah. basically. Yes, yeah. that's why I said. And I'll teach you the, the exact sex maniac teach well. you the ropes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, which gets a little weird later. It, it all gets weird there. Um and we'll 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 have some details later on. <laughs> all right, so what happens next? Gilt? Is Gilt next? Uh Gilt, yes. So yes, they go to this planet and it's like, that's a wretched high of scumability. How about we go down there? Goes down there and he finds an old dusty place, this old dusty thing. It's like this dusty big, I don't know, space base on the on the in the world down there. Um, big complex and he starts going around and he starts poking on them. This is this is Shad going around and he's like poking on the on the machines. And um, he accidentally turns on the uh, the the uh, Dating the yeah the dating internet dating porn <laughs> thing that they happen right. to have That's right. on the thing, and uh, she he's swiping right, he's swiping left, swiping left, swipes right, <laughs> yeah. and then the door rises up and it's some, some kind of three hundred year old mummified <laughs> thing, sex robot who's still alive, yeah. <laughs> yes, sex robot who's still alive, and that really brought back to me echoes of um, Logan's Run, yeah, yeah, absolutely, because almost exactly the same thing happens in Logan's Run, mm-hmm. and then he gets. He meets guilt, or rather, guilt says, "I, yeah, you know, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Here? Yeah, sitting surrounded by his millions, his his money that is so great that he can't find a place to put it. That's right, that's right. And so then he has a, you know, and then I think what happens is like Shad says, "Oh hey," and he's like, "What do you want?" And, and Shad's like, "Oh, you want to join my team?" And he's like. You know, and I think he kind of refuses to call initially and says, yeah. nah, rah, rah. What what and, can you give me that I haven't already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, Yeah, I already got enough money. Rah, rah, rah. Mm. And then Chad says, Oh, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. So, yeah. yeah. And he's like, Wait, I have to tell you my life story. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Before you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he proceeds to tell So he's, this, he's the, the universal mega uh, mercenary. Yes. He's. he's Wealthy beyond uh, beyond any measure yep. through mercenary activities. Yeah. So he's the penultimate. He's the guy you need on board. He is the but guy you need he, on board. We've got a mission that is exactly ready for this particular guy that I just happened to find in this entire universe. Mm-hmm. It's a match made in heaven. So, yes. So, so how does so, he entice him? So what's the seduction, right? So what's the... So, you know, you know, his problem is that, um, you know, his sex robots have gone mouldy, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he can't leave the planet 
because everybody wants him. Yeah. And I think he... <laughs> and I love the sort of hyperbole that happens in these movies. It's like, every star system in the galaxy wants me. You know, every planet in the galaxy wants me. It's like, it's <laughs> I can't like, go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's not like half Where are of, you going? I can't I can go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll never find me there. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so he entices him with a feed. Yes. And a place to stay. So he joins because he just wants some home cooking. He's just like, you know, yeah. some nice soup, homemade soup. That'd be nice. A nice warm blankie, a place not Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice some blankie. Other people around that are actually alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody to talk to. And there's a character like that in in Magnificent Seven as well. Yeah, yeah. Where like I got it all, and I think it's his character. I swear, oh, he's the same guy in in Magnificent Seven. He's <laughs> the guy in the vest with the little yeah, tiny. Yeah, yeah. He's the, the same guy. Yeah, the yeah. highly paid. Assassin. Yeah, gambler, sort of slash. That's not quite right. Yeah, he's like an assassin, but he loses his nerve, and then he gets it back in the film. That's and right. That's right. And Ethan Hawke's that character in the new Magnificent Seven. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The, the uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, yeah. From the from the war, war. and stuff. I actually like the loses his nerve map motif. They should again, have used it. Yes, they should have. Because when they, as I was saying before, when it kind of gets to this version of it, little bits fall out yeah. of the story, and it's yeah. those little important touches that are yeah. that are kind of missing. Yeah, imagine he 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 was he'd lost it. Yeah. You know, and he wants to either prove himself then, again. Or, then his motivation would have been a recapturing of, of yes, his former I can glory. be great again. And, yeah. the, and the thing is, that was just there, and yeah, somehow yeah. they. They set it, it up. Yeah, it's like they snatched, you know, um, lost from the jaws of victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he set it up, script. and then no one, no one. There was no budumching. All right. So his character. I've written down his character. Um, stone cold as ice, loner desperado, who seems to have a headache most of the time. <laughs> and he's he's. His mouth looks like he's had a stroke, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just before the film. Yeah, it's just he's got this droopy friggin' mouth thing, and he, and you're right, he's always he's rubbing his temples <laughs> most of the time. He's like, oh, I've got a fucking, oh, it's the whitey f- farm boy's voice. <laughs> Maybe you know he's like, you know, I'll fight for you. I don't want to have cooking. You just have you got some panadol or something? <laughs> There's a um, let me bring up this picture too. There's a picture of him. Um, around the planning table where they're all planning their uh, defence and the death stares that he's giving at this table (laughs) and it's where is he? here he is (laughs) that's the face (laughs) that's the face through the whole thing he looks like his mouth looks like he's he's had a a double stroke or something and Look at the death stare, and it's like you you feel like this character's about to say, "Look, we didn't ask. You can go <laughs> yeah, like, if you don't yeah. want to be here." It's like you know, your whining is giving me a headache, boy. <laughs> yeah, and it almost to me looks like that the actor is so pissed at this actor that that you know you are making this film terrible, and therefore you are making me terrible, and I'm not going to get the next film because of your shit performance. And it's all in that look. Yeah, yeah, and I could have been Steve McQueen in friggin' the real Seven I Samurai. Been somebody. Yeah, could have been a contestant. <laughs> Love it. Actually, wasn't John Thomas? Or what was his name? Um, I can't remember his name now. Richard Thomas, the main actor. The so, Molly McMahon yeah, face. Um, John Boy, so he wasn't paid as much as the two support actors. No, no, he's way down the list. Um, in hmm. or Richard Thomas, um, no, no, the him uh, Vaughn, Richard Robert Vaughn, and 
George Papad took the lion's share of the actual overall film's budget. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. So now do we have do we have all of our samurais yet? We have all of our samurais. So our list is now complete. Okay. There is one other character that we do need to meet, though. There's one missing that we haven't investigated yet. Oh, the bad guy? Yes, that's right. It's Seydor. Seydor, who, who actually, um, in the German version of the movie poster, uh, of what I can actually yeah, surmise, the the movie was actually called Seydor in, oh. in other languages. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. I saw this picture. Rodas. Yeah, I, I didn't I'm tweak. reading it backwards. Seydor. Rodash, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm. Does it have meaning? What's the f- f- phonology? Is it phonology? What is it called again? What's um, meaningology. You, you, you're into it, big word. Entomology. Entomology. And um, can someone close. translate? Is that battle in space or this one here? Where's Hersher Tom? In Where's Tom? Veltram. In Veltram. I, uh, in Veltram. I don't know. Okay. It could be. Battle Beyond this Space. This is definitely the bad guy's name. Mm, mm, so, mm. yeah, in other languages, he gets <clears throat> uh, he gets the actual credit for the film's name. So, um, first of all, his motivation, um, he mm. wants the rice. He wants the what? He wants the rice. The rice. Yes. You know, they've got the food. He needs it for his colony. Talk said. to me about his affliction. Is that explained his in the affliction. film? I know that he's got bits that are dying on him, like arm... Um, his arms. Yeah, that's explained in the and, film. And is it? Well, yeah. I know that the, the two guys that got left behind to guard the planet are joking around. Oh, did you hear about Phil? Look, last time someone did something shitty, it was Phil, and, and now he's wearing his foot. That's right. Yeah. Because he. Hey, look. Oh, 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 he wants to live forever, is it? That's right. And the way he does it is by being Frankenstein's monster. Okay. Every time something goes wrong, he cuts that bit off uh, and has another bit hence glued the, on. Hence the phrase right at the end. You know, I can't die. I'm, yes. I'm supposed to live forever. forever. That's right. Kaboom. Slowly. And oh, spoiler. Yeah, he dies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is actually pretty close to that initial guy who was just a head in a, on, a, on a bucket. Mm. So, I don't know. Maybe there's lots of that going around in yeah. the universe. Yeah. Uh, character. So, I wrote for his character. Um, he's a straight shooter. He's a man of high standards. Uh, he knows what he knows what he wants, and he knows how to get it. Uh, he's very capable. He's organised, calm, <laughs> sometimes calm, yeah. resourceful. Were you reading out his LinkedIn profile there? <laughs> <laughs> but he suffers from the you know how do you f- fly like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkey? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. He, that's yeah. why I was saying, you know, he's a man of high standards. You know, it's like, you idiots, bloody! <laughs> Second-rate mutants, I yes, think he refers to them as. And how often has the nemesis come undone because he hires badly? Yes, <laughs> that's... <laughs> come on. Where is he advertising? Bring in some good people. Where is he you advertising? the biggest ship. Yes. The yes. biggest gun. Where are standards? Um, and so, yeah, the final thing I think. A very practical, sad, uh, sadistic monster of Frankenstein on a quest for immortality. Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, I thought he was one of the best characters, actually. I thought so, too. And, and especially for performance-wise as well. Definitely for, for performance, yeah. In a film with some pretty ordinary performances. Yeah. He was he was a standout. Yeah. All right. So we've got all our key characters. So that's the first half of the movie we've just done, where he's going around collecting all of these people. Which is the Magnificent Seven, isn't it, yeah. really? You know, yeah. that mo- most of it is, is out on the road... Finding the mercenaries. Yep. 
So they have to uh, fend off. They set up a, a early warning system, Associus Early Warning Network. So they go back to the the home planet using, Kira, or using the colour colour bars and the yes, yeah, so the the xylophone yeah thing that they've got there. They set that up, and uh, sure enough, the bad guy turns up as expected. Wait, wait, wait! We have to go back one step because there's a little bit of well, there's some important stuff that we've missed. The pairing of characters and stuff like that. Yes, the pairing because they okay. they're down there and they're they're having a bit of a yep. you know yep. there's, there's a bit of a few human moments going yep. on. Um, well, first of all, Valkyrie clings on to the new um, Mrs. Whiny farm That's boy. right. Now, we've got Sex Maniac meets Eternal Virgin. Absolutely. And there's going to be some dynamics going there. Yep. So, um, we need to explain this. Valkyrie, yeah, yeah. So, Saint X-Men has probably the best line in the movie, which I think might be... <laughs> I know the line you're talking Which about. might be based off Shakespeare... <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe it's in Hamlet. It comes out of Hamlet or something. But I wrote it down so that we could um, discuss and possibly check. Yeah. Is it? Is it the you haven't seen blah, blah, blah until you've seen a Valkyrie go down or something? Yes. I've yes, got that down. <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, so there's an innuendo now. There hasn't there's been a whole film so far without any no, innuendo. There's one before that about <laughs> the talk bar. Oh, that's right. No, no, no. That comes after. That comes <laughs> after. And it's linked. So we have to we have to build this connection very carefully because we don't want to get it wrong. Yep. Right? So the line is, now, remember it's... Um, X-Men, our sex maniac, talking to um, um, Narelle, or whatever her name is, the Eternal Virgin. And so, out of the blue, she seems to say, and I've got this line here, and Na- I can't... Nanelia. Nanelia, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I complained about Shad, but at least yeah. you can say it in yeah, one kind Nanelia. of... One kind of... Isn't that part of the female re- reproductive system? <laughs> yeah. Probably, because you've got Ballsack hanging under the fallopian tubes. <laughs> With an Anelia somewhere in the middle. All right, so the yeah. line is, I could do wonders for that boy. I would recharge his capacitators, stimulate his solenoid, tingle, dingle, dangle, prangle his transistors. You know, sex. I remember the dingle dangles transistor thing. (laughs) It was crazy. So, now the first thought that I had after hearing that is that I wasn't so convinced that she actually did know what Mm. sex was. Yeah. Stimulate his solenoid and his transistors. So, that was my first concern, that she actually doesn't know Mm. what, what sex is either. Yeah. So that's a bit of a problem. Now, I thought she was protecting the virgin from not using the real world. <laughs> well, the scriptwriters were protecting some the audience members from yeah. not knowing the real words. Yeah. Yes, but um, like I said, very eloquent. Uh, rolls off the tongue. She of course says it in a high pitched, squealy voice with a. So yeah. Um, and now another pairing is the cowboy. Yep. And the sciencey farm. Sensible woman. Yeah. 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 And they have a very And he mature impresses her with his uh, belt. Yes, uh, that's right. His holstered scotch and ice and soda. Yes, where he can basically urinate bloody whiskey. And the thing about that whole, like, it got silly. <laughs> like, it was silly, but it got real silly when he brought soda to the party. What, like... Scotch and ice on the belt. That's not stupid. That's all right, especially when you're an alcoholic truck driver. <laughs> yeah, right? gun runner. It's, it's awesome. But 
soda yeah you know yeah come on yeah you're, you're insulting me now yeah that's yeah you and there's a the moment where you actually <laughs> swivel his hips to shake the ice <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so i remember that didn't quite come out the prop was a bit <laughs> clink 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 yeah. there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right so i just want to um continue our um sex education talk yep to just build up to the final the final bit so Obviously, St. X-Men had been talking, you know, about the dingle dangle, pringle prangle stuff and the trends. And so then her and this is Nanelia and Shad are having a pash <laughs> in Nell in the fallopian tubes that's just right. above the ball sack. That's, that's right. Right. So they're having a bit Otherwise of a pash. Otherwise known as the bridge. Oh, yes. I was known as the bridge. Now, so they're in mid pash, right? So they're actually, you know, swapping spit and everything. And then she kind of pulls back for a second. And then she she complains about, well, she she remarks, let's say, about Shag's talk bar. She draws attention to the talk bar. Now, you got to remember, they're kissing. Yeah. Kiss, 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 kiss. And then she pulls back and she says, talk bar, your talk bar. Is stabbing me or something. Yes, your talk bar has slipped out of its groove. Is actually what she says. <laughs> Slipped out of its groove. I love it. I love it. You're right. right. You're right. It's all there. It's in the film. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, at a minute 20. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can't help think that this is echoes of St. X-Men's understanding of what sex is, you know, with solenoids and transistors. Ah, uh, yeah, you might be right. So she's already gone off with the uh, whiny farm girl S yeah. and educated. Yeah, she's given her the full thing about the talk, bar about stuff. talk bars. Now, unfortunately, Shad gets rather confused and then thinks he needs to go and fix something on the bridge right afterwards. So. Right, yeah. so. The innuendo goes, uh, un- like he doesn't understand the innuendo. Well, I don't think there was any innuendo. Well, no, uh, you're no, right. no, 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 no. She right. was, I mean, she'd noticed that the talk bar had <laughs> slipped out of its Damn groove. groove. And I it was mean, far more important. I mean, when you're in the middle of a pash and you notice something something on a control panel that slipped out of a groove. You've got to address you know, it. Yes, that's yeah, right. I've trouble keeping my talk bar <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Forever putting the damn thing back in the groove. <laughs> got okay. a freaking mind of its own. Okay, so so the bad guy comes back, right? Yes, the bad guy the comes back. The early warning system says, whoop, 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 bad yep. guy. Coming in, right? All right, everyone to the ships. Um, well, not to the cowboys. To the, the cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they use the special tuning forks of of planetary bigness <laughs> to uh, create trenches. Trenches, a la Magnificent Seven. <sighs> well right. done, because. After watching it twice, I didn't make that connection. I only understood it when you just said it. Because I saw them playing the magic word, and then I saw the land going down, and I'm like, xylophone, land, rocks, whatever. (laughs) Okay, yes. So, yes. Yes. Well done. The trenches, so that the the farmers could hide in the trenches with the guns of the cowboys. Yes, yes, yes. So he was land. He was uh, uh, the general on land, I guess. He was taking care of the... uh, um, mm. The the farmers and like in the Magnificent Seven, there was one of the one of the mercenaries sort of trained the farmers mm. and, and mm. did a lot of the training and mm. that sort of stuff with weapons. And stuff like so Nanelia also hung out on the planet as well. Yep. Um, Initially, yeah. and of course um, the Kelvins, mm-hmm. Newman and Thuman, and um, aren't they a punk band? <laughs> yeah, they should be a punk. <laughs> That's where they went on to afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so they, they had the initial engagement with the bad guy. And Kua Peg hangs right? back as well. So they go up. The ships all go out in a in a, a full frontal assault on the bad guy, yeah? Um, no, no, no. Not actually. actually it will, there's even more that stay back. Oh, we forgot one dude. Nesta. Who? How could we forget Nesta? Which one's Nesta? Is he on the poster? Nesta's on the poster. Nesta's all over the poster. How can we forget Nesta? Oh, Nesta. We forgot Nesta. The, the quads, the... Yes, we have to go back one, back the, one, back one. Yeah, they the have The single... Oh, yes. We haven't picked up. That's right. The single entity that is... The Borg is, mind. Yeah, the hive it's a mind. Clone. It's a clone. The hive mind. Are they clones? They're clones yeah. is okay. what they are. Okay. Yeah. And, but they all... Again, Star Wars, Clone Wars. Yeah. They... they <laughs> For want of a better phrase, they all enjoyed the same sausage. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> In the film. Y- yes. yes. Um, which I thought was one of the campiest moments. <laughs> it was it was so TV. Yeah. You yeah. know, 80s TV in its nature. Yeah. You when make we it come sound from like a, another innuendo. Well we <laughs> No. We come from a, like prior to this film, we had seen um, Close Encounters, we had seen Star Wars, we had seen um, Kubrick's masterpiece, right? Yeah. And then you see that scene. Yeah, yeah of a guy eating, getting eating the sausage. And it's so cor- it's so common, isn't it? It's like fuck it. No, we, we this is the sorts of movies we make. Put it in the groove. So Nesta's some alien dude, and there's like multiples of him, and there's copies, and they're all kind of got one mind, and they're all the same guy, but they're all different, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just to backfill um, quickly, his um, reason for joining. Uh, because reasons mostly boredom. Yeah, yeah. No, they seek adventure. They, they actually seek adventure. say because yeah, they're right. bored. Yep, and they seek adventure. Yep. All right. So he's he's off for a bit of excitement. You know, the Xbox is broken or something or other. Yeah. Um, and character, um, I got him down as an emotionless weirdo nerd who needs to get out more. Yeah, and isn't afraid of sacrificing one of the boys to get a look at the ship. Yeah, to basically right. get an inside uh, look at the ship. Right, so that kind of actually now ties into where our, our guys go off to attack. So we've okay. got a bunch of guys on the planet, yep. <clears throat> including the cowboy. Yep, and um, a barbarian. And, and I think Nestor is, well, maybe a Nestor. I don't know what happens. Nestor's sort of on the planet. Yeah, he might be. Yeah, I think he is mm. on the planet. Yes, yes he, is he is on the planet. Yep. And then a bunch of them are up in space. Yeah, right? and they engage the bad guy. All right, so... Another thing that I've written down here is um, how each character, what was each character's fate? Okay. Outcome. Yeah, their fate, their outcome. Okay. All of the seven heroes and everybody. So. Which is never real good if you go from the, where the story comes from. That's right. Yes. Not a lot of them live. That's why I use the word fate. (laughs) Okay. So it's not going to end well. So where do we want to start? Where does the story start? Who's the, who's first up? To die. Well, first up to do anything. I think it's a ground attack is what happens. Uh, no, I think there's definitely... Yeah, a, there's, there's an air, air attack. There's a full frontal sort of... All the different ships are all sort of... There's um, the Borsak 1. There's the glowing ship. Yep. Yeah. Ballsack one is hiding behind an asteroid. Valkyrie leads two drones. That's right. I think it's the Valkyrie maybe goes first. She goes first. Yeah, and She's she she makes some drones trailer yeah. and then uh, and lead them straight into uh, that's Ballsack right. yeah. that's hiding behind yeah. an asteroid yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. But to sum it up, they <clears throat> they have a first 
just like Magnificent Seven, mm. there's a first conflict, mm-hmm. and then they go away and lick their wounds. That's true. Yeah, right. something like that happens. My problem with this film yeah. is that the bad guy doesn't have any wounds to lick. Yeah. Right? What is he doing the whole time the good guys go and lick their wounds? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Conversation's yeah. like, come on, guys. <laughs> come on. We've got to go again. You know we've got to go again. I've got to sit here all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, why is the bad guy not just crushed them? <laughs> He's recharging his batteries or something. Or <laughs> and other. they come down and they're chewing sausages. And <laughs> yeah, that's sausage. right. They have barbecue. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of barbecue, let's talk about Gelt, because he's one of the first ones in. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe send X-Men flying around, pew, pew, pew. But then Gelt goes in. Yeah. And he clearly he's clearly pretty damn good. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he shoots up a load of the enemy fighters and then takes on the big ship. Yep. Which I don't think has a name, unfortunately, because it's pretty yeah, damn cool. I can't remember that. He even name. flies through its sunroof. You know how it's got like this sunroof in the middle where there's this big empty bit in the middle and it flies right through. Just like the Star that. Destroyer has the hatch that swallows up Princess Leia's ship. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. But his has no ceiling, so they actually fly So it's like a donut in the middle of the oh, ship. Wow. And like actually that shape of his ship is actually like Princess Leia's. Yes, the, the, the Tantive yeah. Tantive 5. Yes. So there's a whole bunch of, and the back of it's like a Star Destroyer. Yes, yeah, yeah, so there's exactly. a whole bunch of weird Star Trek. Now, there's a reason homage. for that. There's a reason why you get a, it also has a similarity in a lot of the shots to the mm. ship from Aliens right at the very start. Oh, the Lonesto or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the same person designed both of them. Yes, mm. we'll get to some technical stuff, I think. Towards the end there. Yeah. Um, all right. So he goes through and then for some reason he decides to attack the big ship and fly through the donut in the middle and the big ship shoots the crap out of his little that's ship. Right. That's right. And then he loses power and he crashes into the planet. Yes, that's right. And survives. And survives. In pieces, but survives. So, yes, while they're all down there having their barbecue, the poor old barbecue gelt, yep. who still hasn't got his bloody home-cooked meal that's yet, right. That's right. gets laid out. And so farm boy, when he... F- when he does finally breathe his last breath, the farm boy says, cook him a meal. That's right. Dig a hole, stick him in it, stick the food in it. Did he <laughs> yeah, say stick yes, the food yeah. in it? That's yes, right. Yes, That's yes, right. Very, yeah. So that was him sort of riffing <coughs> a little bit on the two things that he wanted out of the deal, stick him in, in the one hole. I think I got a feeling if Gelt could come back from the dead, he said, don't put the food in the hole. What are you putting the food in the hole for? <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, but yes, he saw his demise in the first sortie. Which happens in the original story as well. You know, you lose a couple of heroes in that first uh, sortie. So I wrote down for his fate, takes out some drones, loses power, crashes into planet, has face burnt off, cries like a baby and dies. <laughs> Gets buried with a hamburger. <laughs> Gets buried with some with some lentils. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all he ever wanted. Yes, yeah, swapped his rubies for lentils. Cool. So he's the hero, though. He, he's like the guy. I thought he was is, the coolest hero. He's clearly the most capable. Well, he I was thought. the most most qualified to do yes. the job, and he's the first one to die. That's yeah, yeah. So, all right. Then I don't know. This, the order's probably a little bit mi- mi- mixed up, but yeah. then the um, then the soldiers, you know, the bad guy soldiers, land on the planet. That's right. Right. Yep. With their sonic tank. With their sonic tank. That's right. It makes you bleed from the earballs. That's right. Bleed from your fallopian earballs. <laughs> Um, so it's our space cowboy who's in charge of defence. Mm, that's right. He's the grand um, general. He seems to get a lot of people killed. Yes. Um, so that's why I wrote down his fate. Uh, 
trains a bunch of brave Ewoks uh, to be killers and leads all of them to their deaths. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> Yeah. Moral to the story: Don't trust any man <laughs> who dispenses Scotch and belt. Yeah. Don't trust a drunken redneck. He thinks he's a cowboy. I mean, well, imagine if you were walking around and you thought you were a, like a knight. Yeah. Right. Because in his time, there's no cowboys. Yeah. Imagine you were walking around town and you called yourself knight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you had like a alcohol dispenser in your groin. And you wore Ail like, dispenser. and you wore like armor and stuff. You're yeah. like, this guy's a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. All right. So, so that happens. Yeah. So uh, one of the defenses that I thought was really, <laughs> he's all the bad guys led, and then he like walks out. He's like does the cowboy thing, you know, walks out. And they could have played that up a little bit more, but anyway, he walks out and then he says, "Oh, attack everybody!" And so yes, he sort of ushers everybody to stand in front of the bad guys without any cover. And engage in a furious laser duel <laughs> at point blank range. It's like yeah. maybe he wasn't the best guy to. I mean, he he run he, he, he looked, gun runner. He looked qualified. He, he looked qualified. But he yeah, looked you know like those it. scenes. Those scenes in the in the in the uh, caves and hallways there where you've got, yeah. yeah. If you look, if you watch it back, you'll see that. You know when you sample a sound and you've got a keyboard and you go to oh, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you go and you can flick really but one thing that never happens is one sound will play over the top of another. Ah uh, yeah, yeah. You listen to it. Yeah. And that's the thing that usually separates the cheap, shitty sci fi <laughs> from the eighties to the Star Wars, right? Where yes, two people can shoot at the same time and it, and you can hear the sounds going over like this right because mm-hmm. they're layered yeah yeah it's not like la- the layer one channel of the mix monophonic decks, versus polyphonic yeah <laughs> one channel was laser guns one channel was something else and so they can only go vroom, vroom, vroom. yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah yeah or it doesn't complete the waveform when you press it a second time it just cuts it off and starts a new one <laughs> <laughs> but it never overlaps. The, the the new blast cuts out. It, it, that's what happens. The yeah. new blast cuts yeah. out the last blast. Yeah. And it's so, if you close your eyes, you go, that's an 80s movie. <laughs> <laughs> We've still got to do our study on laser beam sounds from, from history. Yep. All right. So the bad guys are not, uh, you know, they're not messing around. So they bring in the sonic tank. Sonic tank. Um, and so, yeah. Cowboy doesn't have any bloody clue of how to stop a sonic tank. I mean, how would you stop a sonic tank? Well, you stop it by sending in the Wonder Twins. <laughs> the <laughs> One, Wonder, Wonder Twins oven activated. <laughs> yeah. And they proceed to heat up the tank. Oh, uh, yeah. They cook the tank at the cost of their own lives. lives. Yes. Such a brave sacrifice. Gary and Barry will be remembered. <laughs> Gary and Barry. Although we never see them de- dead, do we? Do no, we? They, uh, they take them away to warm them up again. Yeah. Ah, reheat them. Yeah, but it's unclear. <laughs> like a briquette. Well, they got the barbecue right yeah. there. It's a briquette. It's <laughs> unclear whether they can be microwaved back to life. <laughs> Stick them not. in the Weber, heat them up. That, yeah, that's for the spin-off. That's another spin-off. That's what maybe Pig's doing because we see him, like, chuck his spear and, he's, and he, like, does the shish kebab on two yeah, guys. Yeah. Maybe he's gone over to heat up, yeah. You know, Gary and Barry again. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the only pair of underwear that are connected to your boots. <laughs> yeah. It's got yeah. these. It's got these strappy bits <laughs> leading from his uh, his loincloth underwear. You to can his actually boots. see him turning up as a Hercules extra. Turns up the wrong studio, and they think <laughs> yeah. we need to sci-fi it. So they grab his 
sandal laces <laughs> and attached them to his underpants. And they're like, now, nah, right, now you're now so we nailed it. <laughs> now that's science fiction. Get in the studio before the guys at uh, Flash Gordon see you. All right then. So space. We'll continue the story of Space Cowboy now. After he's been like shown off, shown up by you know the Wonder Midgets. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Something snaps in his brain, and he like thinks he's something worthless. Something happens up in space, or, right? There's there's somebody cops it up in space. It's either the Valkyrie chick or somebody because he's standing with the scientist, uh, woman, the sensible woman. Yeah, and he says, "Hold my beer." Yes, and yeah. he's like, I'm yes. gonna take, I think I, I think I can the Valkyrie take this has. I think the Valkyrie has. Yeah. Something um, inspires him to save the day. Well, you see, what my inspiration is, I think he, he got shown up by the Wonder Twins, and he's like, mm, "Yeah, seen nothing yet." Oh, yeah. By the summer. way, have a look at my thing. Because <laughs> he pours another one. That's right. He pours another one before he takes off to uh, save the day. So then he gets in his spaceship, and um, he goes off. And uh, what I've written here. Um, so his fate is trains a bunch of brave Ewoks to be killers, and then leads them all to their deaths. Then gets drunk and dies in a useless attack on Sador's ship that does nothing. Yep. Yep. Oh, doesn't doesn't he achieve anything? No, he shoots he shoots down some of the um, some of the drones. Mm. They're about to launch something. But Sador's got plenty of those. Because he doesn't care, man. Cayman at that time he's doing his suicide run mm. into the weapon. That's right. No, 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 not Cayman. It's it's an X Men. Oh, that's right. It's it an X Men. Is it? Is it her that takes out the weapon? Hell yeah. Beautiful ending, man. That's right. You can have a beautiful ending. That's right. So let's go straight to her then. And her, did, tell me her ship just didn't look like the most uncomfortable <laughs> yes, thing. Yes. I, I don't think like it was OHDS sort of approved. And, no, no. And, and I remember thinking every time they shot to it, I thought, I can't work out how that thing's designed. I don't understand the space. There's something about the space I just can't understand. The seat is arranged so that her boobs are higher than her head. <laughs> and, and then when she's and these all squished together. With well, yeah. it's it's the only way they could show her boobs, her crotch, and her thighs. All in the same shot. It's, it's you're right. You're right. Of, it's actually that's a genius cinematography there. Actually, in action. That's Corman one hundred and one. All right. So. Um, so yeah, I had to watch it multiple times because um, it, it's very weird what she does. She um, so she kills a few drones, right? And then because there it's it's the um, the Death Star battle of you know Yavin moment, and they're just about to blow up the planet, right? And they've opened the thing and they've got the stellar converter, which they needed to happen. That was part of the plan for the good guys. Was they have to? We can't show our hand until he opens the thing. When he opens the thing, they have to rate, lower the shields, just That's like right. us. They have to lower the shields in order to fire. That's science. Come on, because because science. Yes. I don't quite want to know why he wanted to blow up this, the planet because he wanted the rice that was on the planet. Absolutely. But anyway. But oh, anyway. no, no, no. That was just a pure anger because his arm, uh, his arm fucked Normally calm. To, his arm tried to kill him uh, with yeah, a knife. No, no, normally a calm guy, but people get pushed. <laughs> he lost his shit. <laughs> people get pushed. No, fuck this planet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, destroys Stella Converter by squealing like a pig. <laughs> And smashing her ship into it. That's right. She had a Xena moment, didn't she? Yes. Warrior Princess. I thought she... Yes. No, no. It was... Self-destruct the ship and it turns into a big... (laughs) No, no. She she just crashes into it. But what she does do is... And I had to watch this multiple times because it was very weird in in the, the shots and stuff. Is she ejects out of her ship... Before it crashes oh, that's into right. that's the, right. the, the, the Stellar oh, Converter. That's right, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. 
And then she's just like sitting in space in a like safety capsule, and That's then all right. the bad guys just kill her. Yeah. I thought she detonated herself. She oh. did. Did she? She yeah. detonated herself and took them out. Oh, well, that sounds better. They were all sort of surrounding her. And that's why... And when, I'm when, believing that. And that's when the guy says, they, you know, she went out beautifully. Like, that's oh, right. Had a beautiful ending. You, did you notice that they, they used nuclear weapons? They did. Yeah. Nuclear missiles. They were the glowy red ones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The ones that were impossible to stop, except later on in the movie, they forgot. When we stopped them. <laughs> we forgot yeah. about that. And then, and then they can't <laughs> stop them again. That's right. That's right. And the old... Let it follow us and we'll go back towards the ship thing. And then it hits Sador's ship and he's like, what? And yeah, it didn't whatever. even leave a mark. <laughs> I know. He's like, yeah, no, it, it took out one of the engines it went, the back. Well, no, it didn't. I thought it was going to take it out the engine, but they I didn't, didn't even it flicker. Did. I it didn't it even did. flicker. I, I thought one of them goes black. I was expecting that to happen uh, and it didn't because yeah. I was really, really disappointed that so basically a just, nuclear weapon just, just did not leave It just scratched some paint, basically. Yeah. 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 Did nothing. That's a hell of a shit. <laughs> All right. So the next one up is Nestor. Yes. Now something freaky happens here because remember we've our Nestor is made up of five dudes or yeah. four dudes. Well, or something I thought like it was hundreds of dudes, and we yeah, just yeah, got but to we've see only, those four. yeah, we've only got five of them here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And um, somehow one of them ends up on Sador's ship. Yeah, I never they, saw he was it. the sacrificial lamb. They yeah. sent him. Uh, they, but I how just, did he get there? I don't know whether how uh, I can't remember how he got there, but. Can you remember seeing the glowy ship after the guy? The, the, the he? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They do an attack right at the so end. They must but they are down on the planet when they're doing all of that shenanigans, mm. and then they take off and go up and attack. Yeah. So I don't quite know how it got not there. Sure how the, yeah, I'm not sure how that happened. I either. think the script and it was like they were off. They were off script anyway because no one else knew that they were doing it. It was like, oh, by the way, one of our guys is up yeah, here. Yeah. So let's tune in. And then they just happen to tune in and see it happening, don't they? Yeah, yeah something um, like that. They're all down there around the, the sort of planning conference because room. Because they, they see what he sees. Ah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, um, Sador's doing his um, Frankenstein thing where he's yes. cutting bits off his body and getting new ones. So he decides to cut one off, you know, Nestor's arms and have it sewn onto him. Yep. Now... Then that allows Nestor to try and grab Sador's knife and slit his throat like a pig. That's right. Via right? a very graceful interpretive dance. Yes, yes. Via, yes, yeah. absolutely. Because had he done it quicker, yeah. he might have achieved something. Well, why Why they didn't just do that, you know, instead of this, <laughs> you know, so symbolic. <laughs> like that and I love the cut it off cut it off cut it off yeah 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 that's right he has to cut and his he does the rest, of, rest of the film with one eye that's right yeah a bit of a setback <laughs> um, but like I said he's an organised dude he's, a, he's an organised but that's dude. why he gets he cranky it, probably he was cranky for the rest of the film <clears throat> probably. and I think it was the arm that really put him over the edge yeah yeah yeah. I mean that that's fair enough come on yeah. okay my, my, my question is was that part of their plan to begin with no so Maybe. they didn't plan to go up there and have his arm cut off so he could stab him with no. his own arm when it's no, a I don't think Frankenstein they knew, arm. Knew about the Frankenstein and that was one of the things I thought, why didn't they mention that in the first place? And before anyone gets killed, let's just try that and see if that works. Yeah, that's it. Is it an example of a writer coming up with an idea and then working backwards from it to make a fit in? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the way he that's wrote. what it looked like. No, 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 no. Or was it done in the editing room? Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe it was the first attack. I oh, no, it wasn't because at that stage, yeah, things are. But really I sad. still don't know. There's three of us that don't 
know how that guy got on that ship. No idea. The the Nesta guy. And I was paying attention. Or at least I thought I was. Yeah, I was. I definitely was. Sort of. All right. So after that doesn't work, Nesta then loses his bottle for some reason and then flies off and then gets blown up. That's right. So, um, yeah, gets blown up in a useless attack that does nothing. So, yeah. So thanks, Nesta. Um, that's him done. So we're rapidly running out of samurais left. Because Cowboy's gone, Valkyrie's gone, Nesta's gone. Um, Gelt's gone. Gelt's, Gelt's gone. gone. Um, we've got Cayman left. Cayman. We haven't done Cayman yet. Cayman's got a big moment in the film because he's the guy that delivers the monologue to the enemy. It's like, I will strike you down, blah, 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 blah. And, oh, you are. Yes. Well, I wiped all of you guys yes. out. and I'll finish Let's off what I was started. Crash <laughs> together. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Um, so I've got fate here. Um, Cayman, fate. Makes a lot of noise and dies in a useless attack on Sator's ship that does nothing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See a bit of a pattern emerging here. Yeah. yeah. You know, most of these guys, they have kind of one or maybe half a trick up their sleeve. Yeah. And then they just like, yeah, crash. Now, was he alone on the ship? We really didn't see whether the barbarian was with him. No, no, no. He was down shish-kebobbing bad guys. That's right. He was shish-kebobbing bad guys, and the, the Wonder Twins were being warming back up. <laughs> yeah, right. being reheated. This is why I want to see the spin-off movie, yeah, because yeah. I think we've got plenty of material. Absolutely. Yeah, plenty of material. Absolutely. Um, so, who's left? Um, Space Cowboy, it's just... Our heroes, Shad and Nanilia. Yep. And they're both now on... Um, Ballsack 1. Ballsack 1. And it's down to them. Mm. So, uh, what happens? But the big gun's been taken out. The big gun? By now, the big gun has oh, been taken Oh, the stellar out. converter. Yeah. stellar yeah, converter that can destroy a planet. That can, yes, right. So, that's gone. Did, did it destroy the planet or did it turn the planet into a sun? Because the only th- time I've ever saw it, saw it work... The planet just started glowing white and then stayed that way. Okay. No, and, and then, then it went it to the specs, I think. Did it? Yeah. I think oh, that's right. The little sparkly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure it blew up. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So um, they make another um, one of those famed useless attacks on Sador's ships. Yep. And it's like, okay, let's fly at it and shoot our. Useless laser beams versus its 100 awesome laser beams. And this bit, where's the camera? <laughs> really pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Because had they done this in the beginning, they could have saved all those lives. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they basically allow themselves to be beamed up, yep. captured, yep. Um, set the self-destruct, struct and leave. Why not do that from the beginning? Yep. In fact, you could have sent one of the white glowy dudes, yeah. who isn't a big loss, we got a lot of those guys, and the they're clones. the same guy. We'll just make another one. So it's not like the guy dies. Right. We could have sent him up in Borsak 2. Yeah. Right? With a self-destruct. End of story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And still come in on the right time for the movie. So all of those guys beforehand, just like their useless attacks were twice as useless. Yeah. Like Magnificent Seven, all you need is a sharpshooter to shoot the bad guy. Yeah. All the other minions of the bad guy will run into the forest and movie over. The farmers are safe. So my summary of the fate. Now, remember that Nell gets damaged. All right. Nell that's gets right. damaged. She loses a memory. Yeah. So Starts counting. 20, that's right. 15. Yeah. 72. Yeah. And gets her numbers confused. <laughs> Which, in the moment, you're thinking, holy shit, that's a countdown to self-destruct. 
and she doesn't know any of those numbers. <laughs> it's yeah. like any moment this thing could blow up. Yeah, I think they could have squeezed that for a little bit more fun out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so her fate was damaged in a useless attack, has a computer stroke, and dies as a suicide bomber. That's <laughs> pretty good. Perfect. Tick. <laughs> and you realise we've now gone probably just longer than the actual film. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Maybe we should play this back to back with the film <laughs> in the background and just see if we're hitting the same beats. <laughs> Love it. We could re-edit anyway to get the right beats. Yeah. Um, now, so, so all Samurai's dead except for Whiny Farm Boy and fa- Mrs. Whiny Farm Boy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, what happens next but is- The bad guy's vi- dead as well. Yeah, Sador's dead. He gets yeah. blown up and he's like, no! Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's dead. That's right. What happens next is is interesting and important because the ship blows up, we cut back to the hit, and the, and the movie ends. Yes. <laughs> the credits. <laughs> this is, I when I teach narrative, right, I tell students that it's not enough to have, to, to give a story an ending. You have to see what is the outcome of, as a result mm-hmm. of the ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not enough because an audience will always feel robbed if you just give them the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to know that, do they live happily ever after? Mm-hmm. Do they go their separate ways? Whatever mm-hmm. it is. You kill the bad guy, right? Voldemort gets killed. Mm. But then we have to have that scene on the platform with the kids going off to, yeah? Yeah. 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 So the conclusion to the ending. Yes. One's a conclusion, one's an ending, mm-hmm. right? And I know it sounds weird, but that's what's missing in this film because it sort of just goes, bad guy dead? Yeah. We're floating in the pod. Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> like yeah, run out of money. I'm yeah. down to the dollar. I was, I was wondering what happened there. <laughs> like, and it's like, no, sorry, we ran out of money about three and a half minutes ago. Yeah. End it here. Oh, yeah. Actually, actually, is there a speech by John Boy where he says, they will always live forever? Uh, I imagine memory. There is that speech. Is there? In the pod. In whatever it is, they're in skateboard. Yeah, no, no, they do cut to the heroes and there's something. But and he says that, um, she says all those lives lost. And she, he says all the, the whatevers believe that um, people live on until all the people they have touched. Yeah, yeah, something stupid like that. Um, and then he says because they saved the planet, they will basically live forever as long as uh, yeah. where I was is. still, I, I, you're right. But, but I still, still got. Too short. I still got left with its empty feeling that like, yeah, that didn't feel right to me. After after yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Didn't feel right to me. Think and of Return of the King. There's another three hours of ending before it actually ends. Yeah, it's like, they, yeah. they never met a conclusion they didn't like. In, yeah, in Return of the <laughs> yeah, King. Yeah, that's right. But I guess that's three f- trying to find conclusions for three films with parallel stories and everything. And I get it, sort of. But I didn't like it. But yeah, I got it. Yeah, this thing was so 80s in its nature, yeah. where it's like bad guy's dead, man. Yeah. Roll of credit. And they needed to have shown what he just talked about. Yeah. Because I guess in those days, they weren't thinking sequel. They weren't thinking any continuation. It was like, you know, set out, kill the bad guy, walk away. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. does. I mean, Job done. George L- L- Lucas likes to end his films with a family shot. That's what I was how, thinking. How does Empire Strike Back end? It ends with. It's a very open ended um, ending, but at least it's a continuation ending where, the, where, ha- where Lando takes off with Chewie and Luke's just had his new hand sewn on and we see this conti- we, we know at the end of that that this story's going somewhere yeah yeah. we didn't get that with this it was like zip and it's like why fuck around like we just killed the bad guy because Star Wars has the medals yeah the medals ceremony so the the yeah. alternative this is the alternative John Boy 
is received as a hero by the villagers. It has to be. That's all. That's all it needed. It just has to walk back into town. He just needs to town. land the ship, right? You great, like uh, Last Starfighter, whatever. You mm. have that shot where he lands the ship and the crowd are cheering, you've saved the universe, blah, blah, blah. A couple of kids run up to him and he gives one an old scruffy pat on the head and, yeah. and we're out of there. And but we need a conclusion f- from the ending. We need to know what did the ending do mm. to the characters. Otherwise, the characters haven't come full circle. Mm. And it's really important in mm. a narrative, I think. No, I agree. Okay, so technically, we've been busting our uh, busting at the seams to talk about it. This is James Cameron's work. Exactly. When he, when he was working as a lowly paid visual effects or special effects person, blowing, making models, that's why there's so much similarity. When you see that crawling big, big ship shot with the aliens uh, ship turning up in the outer orbit, he was the guy in charge of um, of the special effects for this film. In fact, he met his future wife on this film, Gail Hurd, Gail Ann Hurd, uh-huh. who later became his producer for Terminator, Aliens, and The Abyss. Ah, uh-huh. wow! And they divorced during The Abyss. <laughs> and oh. when you see the, the, the there is a there's a behind the scenes movie put together for the, how they made the abyss and it's better almost better than the film because the whole thing was shot underwater and like mm. it was crazy um the budget the whole thing was shot in an old um uh, nuclear cooling tank or something like that but um that partnership set cameron up for his life like he was truck driver saw star wars decided he wanted to get into it became a model builder things like that but he showed so much aptitude for learning how lighting works how uh, pyrotechnics work how all of this nuances so when you're on a james cameron um, film set now you can't pull the wool over his eyes he Mm. knows all the shit Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. this is where it all started man Mm. and that is probably the the ships are probably the one of the higher production values Mm. well he's credited as art director on this Yes, that's oh, what I wanted to really? say. Art direction and visual effects. Yeah, because the interiors. Yeah, yep. He's cutting his teeth. You can see nuances of his future mm. in this film. Mm. The angles, lots of uh, forced perspective with rear projection. Yeah, you know yeah, when yeah. The, when bad guy ship turns up at, at mm-hmm. right at the very start with the farmers. Mm-hmm. That's rear projection with a big massive screen, and they project onto the back of it, and then they go. Yeah, mm-hmm. they use that same technology for aliens. When, when the shuttle crashes and all this sort of stuff, it's all false perspective. And Terminator as well. Um, just to your point that some of the ships were some of the most expensive bits in it, can you fire up YouTube for a second? Yeah, yeah. Because we have to go and just check out another trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailer is called Space Raiders. Oh, I remember this coming out. Because they used actual shots from this thing, like no, no. Let's let's correct that statement slightly, uh, because it's Roger Corman, and he owns the property. Space Raiders, the trailer. So turn the. That's the same shot. Yeah, yeah. Turn the the volume down. Um, that's Sader's ship. Yep, Sader's ship. ship. Yep. There's some other things. Sader's ship. Yeah. Yep. Guilt ship. There were the. Yep. yep. It's all there. And all, and it goes again. Yep. 
Um, and oh, this is yeah, and that's in the film. That's yeah, in Space Raiders. So they quite literally just use shot for shot uh, entire uh, sequences and shots from the film. And this is Roger Corman. This is him. This is him. This is how he produces yeah. five hundred and seventy six movies in two years or three years or whatever. Now it's like fifteen years or something rather. Yeah. But this is this is kind of how he does it. Yeah. Um, there they are. Oh, yeah, it's Ball Sack one. Ball Sack one. Exactly. Back from the dead. And the bad guy ship. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. Um, and not only that, Gold. if we go to um, Wikipedia, um, well, if you go to the Wikipedia article on Beyond the Battle Beyond the Stars, <laughs> there's actually another four movies that he uses all of those shots in as well. Yeah. You know, so. Now, cons- um, coincidentally, James Cameron is affiliated with those films as well. With some of those films. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. The s- subsequent. Brit, uh, Roger Corman productions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, those a couple of those that you're mentioning. Oh, ah, right. Okay, so in the thing here it says, can I can I see it quickly? Um, yeah, reused material. Um, Space Raiders, Starquest Two, Dead Space, and yeah, possibly some other ones. So, yeah, yeah, it's in the uh, if you check the the trivia. Um, for Battle Beyond the Stars, you'll definitely see that there's a whole bunch of stuff that got reused. That's as you, as you mentioned, it's the Corman way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the movie uh, cost two two million dollars. Um, Corman's biggest budget to that date, and most of that went to two actors. It grossed in the US um, eleven million dollars. <laughs> That's pretty go. good for the time. Um, but it also made a cool seven point five million in rentals, huh. video rentals. I don't know how they quantify that, but um, <laughs> that means you've got to go into every video easy and find out how much did you make on that one. I reckon that's probably a guess. Mm. I wouldn't it be video chains? How much? How many royalty? Um, no, like they or the buy distributors. It, like they would have bought. Could be. Could be they bought tapes. that. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, you might be right. They might that figure might be based on the. the oh yeah, how many they the quantity? How many they copied? Um, <laughs> it was huge in Sweden. Um, it made two million dollars out of its uh, eleven million dollar gross. Two million of it was in Sweden. It gets it's, cold in Sweden. There's not a lot her. to do in the. <laughs> maybe the Valkyrie. Maybe yeah, no, they, she might be a Swedish. Um, she well, might what's be her a name? Swedish actress. Well, I don't um, know. her screen. Her acting name is Sybil Danning, D-A-N-N. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Danning is a European sort of... Maybe. Or or maybe the uh, other... The (laughs) whiny lady. She's got a... She had an interesting surname, I think I saw there. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is almost unpronounceable. Nanelia. She's Darlene Flugel. Ah, that sounds Swedish to me. Mm. Yeah. And also, they are reusing some of Abba's... Costumes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Or vice versa. Abby used some of their costumes. One of the two. No, I think it's the other way around. Probably, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, final question: We'll sign off with: Would you rent, buy, or set fire to this film <laughs> as a rating system? We got it. Yeah, I would not set fire to this film. No, I would not set fire to this film. For, um, for the for the for the innuendo scene with the with the <laughs> slipping talk bar, slipping talk bar, 
that's enough, right, <laughs> to not set fire to it. That it belongs in cinema history. There's um, more categories in the list. I wouldn't buy it. No, we I, can't have more categories. We've I got think rent, you should buy. have between um, set fire it's and a rent. renter. Pirate. No, you can put pirate in the list. I think there's got to be a few more yeah. gradations in the list. Um, my right. one is, would you go over to a mate's place and watch it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, because you can't make a decision to go having not seen it, right? You know what I mean? Like you, um, you would have to say... Rip, rent, buy, burn. Now you see your mate has bought it, and you're happy to happy for your mate to buy it and go and watch his version. But you can't know to you can't know to watch it without having seen it. Yeah, but that this is that's how we make our opinions okay, after yeah, we've I know seen what you it. Mean. Yeah, it's a recommended. You would go to your mates and watch it. You wouldn't rent it. <laughs> I wouldn't. If he's got it, you'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting pretty convoluted with our rating system. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so rent, buy. <laughs> Go to your mates and watch it. Or bludge. Yeah. We call it bludge. Rent yeah, by, bludge. Rent by bludge set fire to. Um, I would suggest that you could... I would rent this film for a dollar. I'd probably... Um, but I'd pay the dollar. I'd either bludge it or rip it just so I had it in my collection. Yeah. I can say... Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'd be happy to pay a dollar to have a downloadable copy of it. I'd bludge it. Yeah. <laughs> so none but of us I'd, are buying it. <laughs> I'd be very happy to bludge it, though. Yeah. Put it that way. So the two extremes are buy and burn, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not going near those. So we're mm. in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good enough to watch. Mm. I think it's um, it's a celebration of 80s sci-fi. It's yeah. it's so... It's got Richard Thomas in it. It's so sp- <laughs> um, specific to that decade yeah. of yeah. sci-fi, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's up there with Kroll. Yeah. Mm. Um, These Hawk, are serious actors. Hawk These are the people Slayer. that command big, big paychecks. Yeah, they're the serious B grade actors though. Well, some even of them. George Papard is probably the most serious. Vaughn was pretty big. He was in Magnificent Seven. Papard missed out on a role in Magnificent Saxon Seven. Saxon turns up in every bloody thing. Oh yes, right. Yes, the, the bad guy. The bad guy. Yeah, his yeah, yeah. character actor. He plays a pretty good bad guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's Buck Rogers' eighties television bad guy. Yeah, I think he extended into the nineties. Yeah. He's probably in. Yeah. Schwarzenegger movies yeah. and and a lot of Steven Seagal films maybe he's in um, <laughs> what's the Schwarzenegger one with Mars Total Recall no he's not Thank in you. that you're taking a Michael Ironside oh is he who is also another one of these oh well he's the same dude yeah. so he's right? exactly the same guy <laughs> but uh, yeah Ironside is in, in that one as okay. well yeah yeah so gentlemen <sighs> once again fantastic uh, experience to review some uh, retro achievements in sci-fi and in cinema. I don't think I've laughed as much. On it's the, been a good. On, on this it's show. been a good choice of film. I remember when I was watching it. I'm thinking, whoever chose this film, right, needs to do push-ups, needs to do some kind of penance, right. But now that we've done the show, I'm glad that that's what that's what the film was because there's so much to talk about and mm. have fun with. Mm. And and so my uh, suggestion to if anyone that hasn't seen it. Watch it for the same reasons. Yeah. I don't think it was designed to be a comedy. Yeah. But fuck, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it for another show. Um, any parting words before we leave, gentlemen? Uh, we would uh, congratulate the new arrival for the big kahuna over hey. here. Yeah. Um, She'll be 12 weeks this weekend. New baby girl. What's her name again? Olive. Olive. Yeah, nice. That's a very contemporary name. Olive May Legato. Must be Ooh. from... Olive man. No, no. Lineage, no? No, um, just... Not a family name? No, just came up the name. Awesome. She's got an awesome life in front of her, I can tell. Mm. You know, with some great parents 
as yourself and your good good lady at home. Yeah. Um, Dan, any parting words before we leave? Um, live fast, die something and have a beautiful ending <laughs> something yeah the Valkyrie um, any any parting words before we leave watch where you put your talk bar yes absolutely keep it in the groove keep it in the groove <laughs> and I think it was um, live beyond the stars beyond space beyond time beyond time <laughs> that's right which is really you're living nowhere okay until uh, next time we'll see you uh, thanks for joining in bye now bye bye That's one of our longest shows.